Hello and welcome to the East Blue Podcast. My name is Jariah and this is the first episode of the East Blue Podcast. Basically what what this podcast is about is I'm just talking about different kind of things I like, different hobbies, different interests. And this first episode is going to be very special because we're going to be talking about the Percy Jackson series, which is a book of uh, five books written by Rick Riordan. Uh, the story is about Greek mythology and centers around demigods. Joining me today is my brother Josh for Hello. my guest. Hello, Josh. Hello. So Josh is here to talk with me about the books. Now, Josh read the books for the first time, mm-hmm. uh, read them all this year. And okay, we're just gonna we're gonna get go through each of the five books, and then we're gonna get to some questions, and then we'll end with our final thoughts and our, our rankings of the books. So first, uh, the Lightning Thief. So Josh, what was your impression on the book? We get introduced to Percy. We get introduced to this world uh, where it's like it's it's like our our regular Earth, but then there's also all the Greek mythology stuff going on. Um, I really liked it. I guess my impression was it kind of reminded me of Harry Potter a bit in the beginning, because like you said, it's fantasy but it's set in the real world. So that was interesting to me. I really like those because it allows me to get immersed in those type of books a lot more than a book that's just specifically a, a fantastical world. It, it kind of reminds you of everyday stuff. And Percy Jackson does a really good job of showing what it's like to be a younger kid. And that, that really was a, was an interesting part to me. Uh, yeah, definitely. I do see the connections with Harry Potter. Um, I like it because, well, for, if you're a Harry Potter fan, uh, I definitely recommend the books because they're like, there's some basic similarities but then they're also Percy Jackson is also a vastly different book in, in other ways um so I guess one thing I really do like about the books is how it balances out um it balances out the the seriousness and also the comedy and the adventure and honestly it's just a really like it's a really balanced story like that there's not too many stories I always feel like um either sometimes they're too comedic or it's just not funny that's the main thing a lot of stories don't know how to be funny Josh so what'd you think did you think these books were pretty funny or what was yeah. your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think they were pretty funny. I think it, it was a little bit more difficult because it was, I was reading them for the first time. So I was trying to catch all the plot points and all of the serious stuff. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't focused on the humor. So I didn't really get the humor as much until Titan's Curse. But at that point, I, I did see that it was really funny. But in the beginning, I was much more focused on what yeah. was going on. Well, definitely one thing, I guess, I love... Okay, we got our main character, Percy Jackson. And he is like... Soup, like I love the perspective, his perspective. Yeah, he's always like super sarcastic super like he kind of he well he has a hard life so he has a lot of things to kind of be depressed about but he makes it through so i guess let's jump into the story so our main character percy he starts out obviously not knowing about this world uh he lives alone with his mom and then he's introduced into this world where he goes to the camp uh he goes to the camp half-blood and he finds out he's a demigod so let's talk a little bit about, about that what do you think about camp half-blood and all the different cabins and all that uh, Camp Half-Blood was really fun. I liked that they had cabins for each of the gods. I know they were missing some in that first book, but I really liked how you get to find out who you're... You're supposed to find out who your father is or your mother or whoever it was, and if not, you get thrown in with you know Hermes' group. I thought that was really interesting because mm-hmm. you get to kind of have a little bit of character insight into each of the characters you meet based on who their parents are. So you know, yep. if, if someone's from Hermes, they're going to be more funny. They're going to be more you know looking for jokes and stuff. If they're from Ares, they're going to be a little bit more focused on physical strength and whatnot. So it was pretty cool to see it split up like that. Well, uh, well, definitely now that we're in the camp, there's a lot of, I love just this introduction to this camp, the, you know, the world building here and just the characters we meet. And this is just some of my favorite moments uh, took place at camp. So I guess before we get to the great moments, let's start with some characters introduced. So we get introduced to Luke, uh, who's this, you know, he's kind of uh, one of the, one of the older uh, kids in the, yeah, he's probably I don't even know if I call him a kid. He's like 17, so he's you know he's older. Uh, and then we also get introduced to Annabeth, who's a 
a girl who's a daughter of Athena. And and then we also we had Grover. Can't forget about Grover. Okay. So we'll get to, we'll get more to Grover and Annabeth as they'll be important later on and Luke as well. Mm-hmm. Um so let's see. Let's talk about okay, one of my favorite moments was definitely uh the camp. Well, actually, before I even say the the capture the flag, uh, Percy versus Luke. What do you think about that? Like that first I just remember the action scene being so cool um cuz you had uh you know, Percy Showing off a little bit of skill because this guy, um, honestly, he shows up. He's kind of this kind yeah. of loser, and then he goes up against Luke. And Luke isn't going too hard; he's just training him. And they're yeah. they're like doing that little uh, duel in front of everyone. Then Percy gets that move and shows mm-hmm. off uh, some skills. Yeah, there. I, I mean, I think it was cool. You know, it gives you like that feel of when you're like a kid or something, and then you do something really cool in front of everybody, and you can almost see Percy feeling like that popularity like shine on him for a second before you know gets his yeah. butt kicked. But then. You know, it's pretty cool for that moment. And then, of course, the uh, the uh, capture the flag. I love this. I mean, uh, and then one of the antagonists, I guess, who got involved with this is Clarice, who's like the Nancy. I don't know if you – do you remember Nancy Boba Fett? That was the one before from the school. And then now we got upgrade to Clarice, who's this uh, – now she's um, – yeah, I don't remember Daughter Nancy Barry's. as much as I. I know, I know, no, she's a super insignificant. She was like in the first yeah. chapter where she was bullying Grover, but yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah, uh, so that was pretty. That was pretty sweet. Uh, the whole in her defense, flag everyone bullies Grover. So yeah, everyone. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Uh, that um, that part was super cool. Where it just captured the flag and like, obviously, listen. This we love. I love underdog stories. So this it was cool. You know, you got this underdog Percy, and then he he uh he has to guard the flag, and then suddenly he gets you know attacked by all the Ares mm-hmm. campers, and he he beats them all, and then this is where we get the reveal that he's the son of Poseidon. So what do you think about this this reveal? Find out he's the son of Poseidon now. Um, I I mean. You know, I kind of got it from just the book cover, obviously, but I mean, it was a really cool moment the way he did it. Cause I, mean, what did what did he do? He like so he water. Used, he's yeah he well no okay he didn't yet have like the ability to use water, but what happened was he got stronger. he got thrown in the water yeah. and it kind of gave him, it he healed his wounds and made him stronger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. he's kind of starting to develop mm-hmm. that, and I liked it because it's like you you don't think this book series like the uh, you think his father would be Zeus like the main character of uh, uh-huh. Greek mythology, but I like it that they chose Poseidon. Even though, like, yeah. that's the like that's like probably the next biggest of I guess yeah. on the food chain, but mm-hmm. between him and Hades, but yeah, that's definitely pretty cool that his father is Poseidon, and then okay, so next now we can get started with the quest, and now, so now uh, Percy gets grouped up with uh, Grover the satire. I, I forget is that a thing? Seder, Seder, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They always have to have a yep. a Seder. I don't know. No, that's not a thing. That they always have to have a Seder. Well, well the Seder's lead the kids. They don't. I, they don't. Have oh yeah, they lead the, the kids. Yeah, they they go out and find. So them. anyway, that's but he's one of the. Job. So now Percy and the Seder. Yeah. And um and Annabeth, Annabeth, who's our other character. What do you think about Annabeth? First impressions on her. I think she's a one of the, a good female lead. She's like a good good character because she's really smart, which is cool because she pretty much teaches Percy everything he needs to know. She's kind of. I hate to keep drawing comparisons, but she's kind of the Hermione of the group. She's yeah. Like, she's got the knowledge and all that. Although she's unlike Hermione, whereas Percy is more of like a muggle in this situation. Yeah. Uh, she's gotta. kind of An- Annabeth. Kind of knows knows around the camp. camp yeah. And everything. So. Oh, I definitely. Yeah. Uh, one thing I really liked early on um, in this first book already. You know, Percy and Annabeth they had really good chemistry. You know, yeah. they kind of had the. Yeah. The whole. Uh, well, there's. A, uh, I remember there's a thing about like their their parents having yeah. a feud and yeah. Poseidon and Athena. So that kind of carries over. Now Percy and Annabeth have a feud. Um, but we know they get to know each other yeah. and, and, you know, by the end of the book, like each other very well. And then Grover too, you know, he, Grover's a good friend. So what do you think about Grover? Cause you know, obviously a lot of people could say like, oh, he's a Ron Weasel of the group easy, like kind of yeah. boring, kind of not, not cool, but, um, well, I mean, I, I'm probably going to side with those people. I yeah. think Grover had some, some potential to be cool at times, but 
you know, I don't want to jump too far in the series, but it's just I do think yeah. his character. And there's more to say with Grover for I sure. I think later characters on. his character probably has the least growth out of these three. I mean, that's arguable, obviously, but I would argue yeah. that Grover well, out of the three, has probably. the least growth out of Animal um, Percy. Yeah. I do want to say though, like just because a character isn't like the coolest person, like I think it's good that Grover is one of the main characters, and I think it's also good we have Ron Weasley. It's like I yeah. don't think every character needs to be like oh, just the perfect like super strong, super handsome, super yeah. cool. You know, that just gets everything right. I think it's good to have characters who are have have flaws and who aren't, yeah. you know, because in real life, not everyone's a superhero. Well, you know, Grover, you have people who are just average people. Grover's character kind of uh, so. shows off Percy's Percy Jackson's loyalty. Yeah, for Percy's sure. Percy's so loyal, and you see it with Grover because, like you said, Grover's not exactly the greatest yeah. savior in the world, but yet Percy's And that's a good friendship. It's an honest friendship. And, yeah. like, in the beginning how, you know, Grover was looking out for Percy, and then at the same time, Percy, without even knowing Grover was like this, mm-hmm. you know, knew about everything else – he just saw Grover was just this dude, you know, dude who was a little weird, but mm-hmm. and he got bullied, but it doesn't matter. Percy hung out with them. He, yep. uh, you know, defended him against the evil Nancy, who's the yes. the best villain of the series. Um, yep. But yeah, we'll we'll move on. Chronos so, incarnate. Yeah. All right, I guess for the quest, we can just say highlights of different areas um, that we like. So I'll go ahead and start out with. I think this might have been the first place they go to is, and Auntie M's. It was this like, mm-hmm. it was this. Uh, it, it, I forget if it was a cafe. Yeah, it was a cafe, and then there's also some other weird stuff. Oh, let's let's go on. Okay, let's explain the quest. So Zeus's, uh, we need to say this. Zeus's lightning bolt has been stolen, and uh, Percy is the number one suspect. So now Percy, hence the lightning thief yep, title. That's the lightning thief. Yep. So now Percy and his group. Now they have to go uh, get the lightning bolt, bolt back, or there could be a huge war between Zeus and Poseidon. Um, so now that uh, so now they're at NTM. So that's the first place, and this is where I, I just like this is just you know part of the adventure. We just get these uh, super interesting you know little storylines throughout their adventure this one they go to this place and it's like uh i think medusa that's where medusa mm-hmm. it's just shop she runs and i like this how rick fits in all the all these mythologies um into the world and like fits them into the story throughout you see all the famous uh-huh. ones starting with medusa you know and that was a pretty cool moment where uh they took they took out medusa it was pretty clever yep. they had to use like a mirror to take her out because yep. you know if you look, you at, can't her, look at her straight on yep, yeah. go to stone yeah, and it was cool also seeing Grover's uncle in there as a statue, as one of the frozen guys. <laughs> yeah, that was, I mean, it was just interesting. cool and sad. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, no, no, it's, it's just funny to see you know different characters, even though they don't really get a spot. And I do want to, yeah, I do want to say this, and we're gonna get to way more of this, but we remember what I like about these books is like, um, well, Greek mythology. There's a lot of tragedy in Greek mythology, and that's not, and that's in this book too. Like you do see, not everyone gets a happy ending, and in fact, a lot of the characters have you know tragic backstories, and not even that. I like what Rick does. Is, I mean, some of them just don't, you know, some of them have tragic stories. Like, their ending is tragic. Yeah. And uh, we're going to get to many of those later on, you know. But still, it's like, you know, uh, everyone, you know, works together for the greater good. So, I guess other highlights. Uh, oh, yeah. They, well, then they had the little the little love the little love uh, park thing, theme park where Percy and Annabeth have a ride through. That's where they, oh, that's where they meet Ares. Mm-hmm. And and I think they meet Aphrodite after. Okay, what do you think about them? Because I personally, I really liked Ares. I just thought like, just like perfect, uh, the perfect interpretation of of the Greek mythology yeah, of Ares, like the, if he existed in the in modern times, you the know, biker vest, yeah, biker vest, yeah. you know, big tough guy, tough guy. Yeah, I mean, he was he was cool, patriotic. I, yeah, I, he <laughs> he was pretty cool. I just think it was funny that he just really didn't like you know Percy so much throughout the yeah. series. He just got a chip on his shoulder. He's kind of a he's kind of a bully and like then, his, yeah, uh, and then it stretches like to his, kids. his daughter Clarice. They're all bullies. So yeah, <laughs> yep. Um, and then uh, next part was pretty cool. Uh, I guess the next highlight along the Lotus Casino was definitely interesting. You know, mm-hmm. and then finding out uh, the truth behind that, how it's like this place where you get frozen in yeah. time. 
And then that comes back later, which is really cool. Yeah, it does come back. back. And again, that's what's good. A lot of these plot points, like, they continue on. Mm -hmm. So I guess... uh, They're woven together well. Yep, they're they're good. And then the next major part was uh, when they get to get to the underworld. And again, this is I like I like this part. Uh, it's really cool meeting Hades. Now I'm gonna already go, already say Hades is definitely one of my favorite uh, characters in the in the story, mm-hmm. and we'll get more to that. So what do you think about Hades? Yeah, I mean, without saying too much about the next books, yeah, Hades really cool. Although I'd say he gets way cooler later. Yeah, but yeah. I you know, and obviously we we suspect like that Hades is gonna be the villain. That's obvious, and that, well. That's why we don't suspect it. Um, yeah. We know there's gonna be something more it's to it. But he's he's the he's the target of who you know was he's trying to cause a feud so he can seize power, get Zeus and Poseidon to fight mm-hmm. each other. Um, so they get there, and then oh by the way, there's all there's all these little hints to who who's really uh, doing things here, and we'll we'll hit some of those. I guess one of them I just want to say how uh, Percy like when he's walking. I remember this part when he's going to the underworld. He suddenly like he's like oh my backpack's really heavy, and uh, and then you find out that. That uh, when her- Percy arrives in the underworld, at that moment, there's a spell cast on him to make the lightning bolt appear in his backpack, mm. which was, uh, yeah, that was pretty interesting. Obviously, someone's trying to frame him. Because then when they get there, Hades like, hey, that's my lightning bolt. Um, mm. And then uh, after that, Percy re- uh, he reunites with his mom, but then she dies again. Oh, yeah, she died earlier in the book. That was, pr- that was actually pretty sad and pretty... Uh, yeah, no. that was actually kind of confusing to me. So Pretty I'm hardcore. not sure how she died because she's coming back. So well, what happened was she actually yeah she got killed by like a manticore. She got sent to the underworld, but then when we went when they went to the underworld, then uh, Percy they tried to bar. I think they Didn't tried she to bar. Get killed by the minotaur. Yeah, minotaur first, and, uh, then, the and then no, sorry, not a manticore. Okay, minotaur yeah. first, and then like Percy's like, okay, my mom's dead. He's really sad about that. And then in the end, then uh, they he reunites with her, but then they have to bargain. I forget. It was like a trade off. And then his mom ends up sacrificing her. I've come her. to bargain, Dormammu. Yeah, Dormammu. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, and then and then we get we we get to the end. I th- I'm trying to remember what happens. Uh, well, basically, with the climax, they get to Mount Olympus yep. and they work everything out. Percy gets to meet his meet his father, and that was uh-huh. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then what I like this is what I like about the way Rick uh, writes his stories is you get the full story. And then there's, but then there's like another, there's, always a there's twist. another twist at the end. Like there's a big twist like at the end and then there's another little one yeah. because we find out after and it was really cool. I just loved the moment, the way, you know, the way it was happened. Like Percy's like, all right, I figured all these things out. All this prophecy happened, but he's like, wait a second. What about the line where it says like, you're, you'll be betrayed yeah. by a friend. And then you find out Luke betrays just, Percy yeah. and that sets up Luke to be one of our main yep. antagonists. So what'd you think about that? Um, twist. I like that. I do want to go back since you said it, cause I wanted to talk about it, but I like that there's a prophecy that Rick gives you in each of the books. So it kind of sets you up to know what the book is going to be about. Obviously, it's kind of a mystery, so it lets you, you know, hopefully solve it yeah. as you go. And that's a fun way to write as well to have a lot of foreshadowing right at the beginning, almost at the beginning of each book. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say the the, the yeah. um, prophecies were great. Like yeah. they made, and, you know, they always give you like they give you hints to put pieces together, and they really like they make perfect sense once yeah. you get to it. And it's that's uh, and now going back cool to what you said, I I really liked Luke in the beginning, and then he turned bad, and then I kind of liked him more but then i also went back to not liking him in the next few books although i'm i'll stay right here in the I first think, book he was pretty cool yeah I'm, i i want to say that i think luke is like the perfect cool, cool antagonist yeah. for percy because mm-hmm. luke and percy again and most demigods they have like the life where it's like these gods kind of neglect them and they set up this world that's yeah. that's unfair and and then you see and you do see uh similarities with percy and luke yeah. um because they both and you see, it, it, again, this is why it's a perfect antagonist because Luke is kind of like what Percy would be if he yeah. went all the way yeah, to the other side. Um, if Percy's like, all right, you know what? These gods are really, uh, yeah. you know, 
doing doing these Percy things. I want to take him out. Percy's still loyal to his friends at this point, and then uh-huh. Luke is really actually still loyal to people as well. Although obviously he's yeah, a traitor, and honestly, but his reasons are, are what overwhelm him. Although, and we can get that. to that. We can get to the full discussion where they're like, okay, nail down which parts he did wrong. Yeah. But honestly, I do. I think Luke has a very fair yep. side to this, and that's why it makes him a good villain. Is because he actually he's understandable yeah. and he's he's complex. And I like villains. And again, we do get. I, I like different types of villains, but that's definitely one of my favorites where they do have a yeah. something you can relate to. So okay, so that first book finishes. Next, we jump into the Sea of Monsters, and the Sea of Monsters. So I guess, uh, how do you feel about this one overall? Before we get to I details. actually really like the Sea of Monsters, even though I, I know it's not everybody's favorite. Although I will say it didn't really feel like there was a really strong villain in this one. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the first one, the first book, obviously, it's got a mystery. You think it's Hades, and then it turns out Luke is also a villain. So that was really cool. So then once we get to Sea of Monsters, when really we mainly have Polyphemus, I, I don't know if I pronounced that right, but we have that guy, and he's just kind of a blind, you know, yeah. Cyclops. And that was probably the one of the weirdest storylines with yeah. Grover cross yeah. cross dressing and then. So that was kind of an interesting. Having to trick. Yeah, that, uh, that was an interesting villain that I kind of didn't see as all that powerful. So I mean, I know there was a lot more going on in the background of Sea of Monsters, but still, it was just. I want to yeah, I want to say with this book, like I totally, it's definitely it, well when it comes to the community, like it's it's one of the lowest rated of of all of Rick's books. But I want to say to be fair, like. On its own, it's a good book. Yeah, like it's it's uh it's I think it's a very solid book and it's a very enjoyable book. I liked it, and the only I mean really the only reason is it pales in comparison to the rest. That's why it, it's uh it gets you know the views it gets. And that um, tells you how good of a series it is. Yeah, and I still I like this a lot. Of, you know a lot of great adventure. Um, again, what I really liked, I guess uh, let's start with the the first part. You know we get we get we get another um setup with the formula where it's like they start out. Oh, we get introduced to Tyson. So, how'd you feel about Tyson? Percy's. Uh, we find out Tyson is Percy's uh, brother. Half brother. Half brother. Yeah. Uh, Tyson was honestly very weird. He, he was. You, you know, had. I, you liked Tyson. Be honest. Was, yeah, Tyson's man, not my favorite a, character. I just think a he was. Relation. No, I'm just kidding. He was kind of strange because you know he since he's a cyclops that doesn't really ruin it for anybody. But since he's a cyclops, they kind of play him off as like dumb, but like wise or something and i, I, think, I think it's like, like pure like and then yeah, and then sure. and then he has his moments too it was just weird because literally yeah. i mean I'm, I'm gonna dumb but pure yeah. i'm gonna jump ahead real quick to the go last, ahead we, to the last olympian and oh <laughs> just just not for, <laughs> wait wait we're gonna... it's not a plot point it's just okay. just to show how awesome of a character he is sarcastically because his war cry is literally peanut butter oh yeah so that that to me <laughs> just kind of doesn't shine of brilliance but you know well i want to say it's like Again, maybe we could have got a more compelling character um, to be to to you know be one of the main characters of one of the books. Yeah, but uh, hopefully, I. Oh. Yeah, hopefully we can get a more compelling character. But so yeah, that's that's Tyson, and then we also get uh, I guess to start the book before we get to kind of the quest. You know, we get another just fun building. You know, uh, building around the camp, world building, and building the story as far as. You know, before this book is kind of before things get real serious in the later parts of the book. So it's you know, there's some still some fun and interesting things going on. They have the, I forget was oh yeah, I, um, what's his name? Shiren gets in trouble in this book and he gets replaced by the other guy. I forgot his name, but um, Shiren no Kyren sorry Kyren Kyren oh Kyren Shiren all right but I mean I don't know Kyren sure Kyren gets replaced by that guy and I don't remember his name either but basically. He's the guy who like can't eat any food. Anytime he wants to eat it, it oh, yeah, yeah. Anything he wants funny. to drink disappears. So yeah. he's just a really angry dude. 
And he's kind oh, of Oh yeah, just, he brings back and he brings back the chariot races. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, he brings back chariot races which are bad and he's basically <laughs> just like a bad guy. Yeah. Okay, so and then the step of the story, so Grover's missing and they need to they need to save Grover. Um, and Percy hasn't this introduces Percy's empathy link with Grover, yeah. which basically means they can both like which sense each other. Which lasts throughout the whole series, yep. which and is that's, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and then so first, for whatever reason, the camp is still uh, sleeping on Percy, so they they send Clarice instead of Percy on a quest mm-hmm. uh, to go to go retrieve. Uh, also, they need to retrieve the Golden Fleece. I think that was another part of it. Yeah. To uh, heal the camp because like the camp was like dying. Yeah. So now, so he goes. But what I like about this is now we got Percy and Annabeth and Tyson. They sneak off on their own to go on the quest. And I'll say this one highlight of this book. Uh, I re- again the early on chemistry with Percy and Annabeth. I really like it. And uh, because later on in different books they kind of get separated at parts. So I like this early book. We just get a little more uh, building on their relationship and a lot of fun adventures. What do you think about that? About their relationship? Yeah, just early, and right now it's just a friendship. Yeah, I mean, I, I like it because it's it's more of a friendship, which they kind of keep it there, you know, which is interesting because you'd think they would make it more romantic. But, yeah. But again, I mean, it, it kind of reminds you of like the you know the demographics that he's writing writing. Well, for. and we'll get to it. Yeah. Why I like their relationship so much and what it ends up with is I I think it it is well developed, mm-hmm. really well developed, and a good payoff. Um, there's only a certain part I did, certain parts I don't like, but we'll get to those. Yeah. And then, uh, the adventure was fun. You know, a lot I. You know they interact Stealing with stealing the golden fleece from Polyphemus, yeah. and then, you know teaming up with 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 uh, what's her name Clarice, which is yep. you know gives hey, you one of those feel good moments. I thought it was a redemption for Clarice because yeah. I really I don't know about you I didn't like her the first time because she's set up to be dislikable. She's she's, well, she's annoying. Dislikable for pretty much the whole yeah story, for the yeah. whole story, but yeah, but at least she finds it her place as like all right, she's kind of a jerk, but you know what? She you know she, she can get yeah. stuff done, and she can she can uh, be there for you when you need her. Yep. Um, and then just any any specific parts you want to mention like. From Sea Throughout of Monsters, the um, let me think. No, not I was really. going to say, uh, one part that was interesting is when, uh, let's see, when Percy and Annabeth, they get captured by these these people at a spa. And Percy gets turned into a little <laughs> gerbil turned into a gerbil. Yeah. And that's, there's Annabeth, you know, that's where she has to shine. Yeah. And the book kind of sets up different moments. And then Tyson has his moments, like, where he saves the group, sacrifices himself. Yeah. Uh, and then we think he dies, but of course he comes back mm-hmm. in, in the end to save the day. Um, and then I also, again, this is just a little part that I just remember really sticking out to me. I thought it was really interesting when they come across these sirens, Percy and Ambeth, it was just them. They got like washed up on like a, a beach or something. And then they're, and then they're traveling on their own after Tyson sacrificed himself. Um, and then they find these sirens and, and then Annabeth wants to hear them. And like, Percy's like, no, you shouldn't mm-hmm. do this. But Annabeth's like, no, uh, you know, she's a daughter, like I'm a daughter of Athena. And if you hear yeah. them, you, if you hear them, you get all this knowledge. Yep. And I like this cause it's like, it's totally separate from the quest. And again, it's the, probably not a smart thing she did, but you know what? It just builds on her character that she also is her own character, right? And she has her own ambitions. Yeah. And that made her more interesting to me that like she would do that to, to get this knowledge. I think it also um, built – it started teaching us about the fatal flaws of yeah. each character and how each of them has a fatal flaw. And then you know, later you know, we learned Percy's, but this one kind of you know, shines on her right away. So it's kind of interesting that she gets spotlighted before Percy, which is cool. Yep. And then uh, I guess to get to the end. Um, oh well, first of all, there's a super cool scene in the in the climax. First of all, well, you got Kyron. We'll say Kyron now. Yeah. Kyron and his group showing yeah. up to save to help him out. And you also the party ponies. Yeah, the party ponies. But also, I guess before that is when Luke, you know, is fighting, uh, you know, Percy and Luke's all, all of his group, er, Percy and Annabeth and yeah. Tyson uh, and Grover. And then Percy does this thing where he, like he throws a drachma in the in the water, yeah. and that sends a message. And then that was pretty cool. Yeah, was and then cool. it showed it showed up at the camp. Um, and then I'll, I'll say this again as this book, I still think it was solid overall, mm-hmm. but, uh, the ending definitely a great ending, you know, it just hits you. So what do you think about this ending? Cause 
you had the golden fleece put on the tree and then it's like and then it brings yeah, yeah, back yeah. yeah it's like yeah the village is the, the, the camp is saved but then suddenly boom like oh and Talia's yeah. back whoa Talia's back and then that's that's interesting because you know that's what Kronos wanted even though they made you think in the beginning that the main thing for the golden fleece would be to bring Kronos's healing faster yeah so yeah it's, it's a lot of plot twists that that provide for an interesting and look yeah in Titan's curse I was gonna say Rick really knows how to end a book that's why I think that's one of his strengths and we'll get more to yeah. his strengths later too um so now that's the NSC of Monsters. Next we get to the Titan's Curse. Now give me your quick like over overall thoughts on the Titan's Curse. Well, we finally get to see a Titan in action because up until yep. now we've really only had Kronos just kind of doing some stuff but really not being super active. But this one you actually get to see a Titan Atlas who is moving around, attacking, fighting, making strategic choices. And it's really cool to see a villain. Like, like I said, I really like good villains. And 1 and 2 didn't give me the villain I wanted. But in 3, with Atlas, mm -hmm. I think I got, I got a really good villain that really got yeah. me interested in the book. And this one, well, the last one, how it separates Grover, and this one switches up and separates Annabeth. Mm -hmm. One thing that I found really interesting, and there's a, okay, there's a lot of things to talk about with this book. This is like one of the heavier books, like the first one to me yeah. that really felt People heavy. People actually died. People dying. Yeah. And what do you think? Okay, this is what I found so fascinating about this book and why I think this book is so great. Um, is it really just – it's so unorthodox. Like this group that gets formed is completely different from what we got with the last two. Um, so what do you think about how they the, – the new quest group they got well, and the characters introduced? Um, I liked it, but I, I guess I wasn't really too hot on Nico's sister being, That's, yeah. being in the group. Yeah, I mean, I think she was good. I thought she's I, a pleasant character. I mean, she she was a good character, but I, I think pretty early on you can kind of tell she's maybe not going to last. So, yeah, well, so I, I, I didn't – I mean, it, that surprised hit me too when she dies, yeah. but I really liked it. Like, you had you had Percy, and then you had – now we have Thalia who's introduced, and, you know, she now she's a daughter of, of Zeus, yep. and uh, that's another new thing we get. two of the get. big three, and then – Yeah, now we got two of the big three, and then – well, yeah, we'll get to that. Then, yeah. Um, and then we, and then what's interesting is now, like this adds a new dynamic to the story, because like, okay, after seeing monsters, now Percy's starting to establish. He was starting to establish himself. He's like, all right, I'm the son of Poseidon. Yeah. You know, I got, I got a lot of ability. Like, you know, people look up to him, and I think they still do in some ways. But now suddenly, boom, we got Thalia here. It's like, okay, Thalia is the daughter of Zeus, and she's older than him, and she's, uh, she's just overall more experienced. So then yep. it's kind of like now Percy gets a little insecure, and you do see that in the book. Yeah. They had an interesting relationship. Um, and Thalia, I, I really liked having her character. She yeah, was I actually. I thought there was gonna be a love interest, but I guess. Yeah, dude. When I, again, when I first read this as a kid, I, my mind was just going all over the place, so I didn't know what was gonna happen. I, I thought maybe, but I definitely, I saw. I think I started seeing Annabeth and the third one, uh, seeing Percy and Annabeth's uh, romance starting to form. Um, and then what's also interesting, we get introduced to the hunters of Artemis. What do you think about them? The the Ar Artemis hunters. Um, I I like them. I think I like them because they were like a almost like a military. Yeah, to me, which was pretty cool because Camp Half Blood is interesting, but I, I feel like it's kind of like a bunch of orphans getting together. You're kind of a mismatched group. I yeah, guess. a mismatched group. Whereas this is yeah. literally like girls who are recruited and they join up and they're they're wanting to be trained and they're they live you know they're immortal. So it's it's a really strong group and that was kind of cool to see like highly trained yeah. individuals working cohesively. That was pretty interesting. I was and also to see a god again. Yeah. This oh yeah. Book gave us a god right away who's actually like moving around doing stuff. Yeah. Whereas Zeus and definitely all them one of the most unique ones seem kind of passive. Whereas yeah. this one is an active. You know, she's doing things. I was a little annoyed with them. I mean, I don't know. If, I'm sure they're written that way. Most people reacted like, okay, they're kind of annoying. How they're all like just, just irrationally like, okay, all men are this, yeah. and then, yeah, that's kind of dumb, but. You know, I did like how uh, when you got to know the characters, they actually were – they're good characters and they're, you know, they're humans. Like they're not – there's 
they're really not you know they they have their rules and they're a little archaic but still like we get introduced to zoe and i really i like zoe as well and uh she's another character who gets uh who gets thrown in the quest. And I really, I guess I need to finish the setup to the story before I get to the quest. So then we also get to introduce a new Nico and Bianco who are again, like these, these orphan they, kids they that they find. They come from Lightning Thief, basically. They're yeah. And in that's the background, out, not really. Which is interesting. Yeah. Of, yeah. That, that place in Lotus They were at the, the casino, Lotus Casino. Yeah. yeah. Which is really cool. And then there's a lot of mystery here, not knowing about the lawyer who picked them up and who was Oh that yeah. And, that guy was, he was pretty scary. I remember that. Like, mm-hmm. uh, so then, okay. So then I guess we get to, so now Annabeth actually gets captured when they're trying to save Nico and uh, Bianca. And then they get thrown. Uh, now this new group gets set up. And again, people sleeping on Percy. Percy gets left out of the group. I forget why. If, if they just thought he wasn't worthy. Or uh, yeah, maybe. Or, or if it's like he had, he had too much of a, uh, of a thing like with, going on with Annabeth. Like he'd get his, uh, get his uh, morals cloudy because he really wants to save Annabeth. But anyway, so they set up a group. It's, it's uh, Thalia, Bianca, Zoe, and Grover. They're all sent to go save Annabeth. And then Percy now on his own. And this was a really cool moment where uh, Percy kind of goes on his own um, on we, Blackjack. We, yeah, we get the best and, and character gets the, Blackjack. Yeah, Blackjack. So I, okay. Hey, boys! I love Blackjack. Okay, you better explain that. So Josh, he used an audiobook. So explain your experience yeah, a little I, bit. I listened to the audiobook, that. which were really, really awesome audiobooks on YouTube. And basically, for Blackjack's voice, he would he would kind of talk like this. Yeah, so that's which a, I thought was pretty cool. But Dry said he was supposed to be more. He's of supposed a he's supposed gangsta. to be dude. He's a gangster. Yeah, he's Blackjack was a boss man. He wasn't no yeah, was no like like seahorse or whatever that is. <laughs> but anyway, um, oh yeah, do you have a shout out for your guy? I don't know whoever's no. making these. <laughs> no, no. All right, he, he's all right. Um, so now they get so they go they go on their quest. They're separating. Pers- uh, and Percy's kind of mad because like yo, you know, Annabeth, I need it. You know, she's in danger and i need to be there to help save her so now he gets kind of i like this kind of gets his renegade moment what do you think about that like going on blackjack uh, on his own to follow them yeah i mean i i think it's part renegade part loyalty because he you know again he wants to be with his friends wherever they go he wants to make sure they're safe so i'm not sure if it you know if it was oh i don't mean i don't mean it's like he's going evil but what i mean is like he's breaking the rules completely he's like going on his own you know leaving the camp it, you can kind of draw some connections to like Luke, the way Luke kind of goes on his own in his quest for whatever yep. he thinks is right. Whereas this is the same because, you know, Percy's doing what he thinks is right, even though Chiron or anyone else might say, don't do that. You're not supposed, yeah. to, you know, not supposed to do that because you're going to mess something up. Because if you remember, I, I could be wrong, you know, you can correct me, but in this quest, when they get the prophecy, it actually says, you know, if there's whatever if there's a certain amount of people then something's gonna go wrong because you can only have yeah. four people per quest or something like that because if you have uh, any more yeah. than that someone's gonna have to you know disappear or whatever so yeah. that he kind of in a way inadvertently causes death which actually straight up causes girls le- a death so yeah yep so yeah those prophecies um and then so eventually percy does catch up to him and then you know at first like well they would be mad at him but he ends up helping them and saving them against like this big big monster thing so now they're all traveling together and again I just, yeah. this okay i'll say this and i'll compare it to the next book and say why this was drama done right because the drama actually makes sense you have a lot of various things going on you have percy who's upset he lost annabeth you have thalia and percy who are like kind of uh you know at odds with each other even though you know they don't dislike each other but it's kind of like they just met and like okay this other person's the neck the other strongest demigod and uh and then you have the the hunters of artemis who are like just you know they dislike mm-hmm. right they got they dislike percy and grover because they're males and then they also got they don't like thalia because again i think thalia was like 
kind of also opposing them, saying Thalia no. denied them. She yeah, she denied them. Group. So they again, they you got a, her, yeah. a complex group environment, but it actually it's not like a stupid. It's not like rom com, you know, drama, which I I really hate or whatever that kind of stuff. Um, it's actually serious, yeah. serious drama, which makes sense. So. Uh, they get put on the quest. Any memorable part? And memorable parts for you along their quest? Um, when they go into that junkyard where they find all this stuff, oh, and then you get yeah. the, you get the little statue. Heart wrenching. Yeah, and then yeah. And then Bianca. That honestly, I didn't expect it. Did you did you expect that? I mean, maybe you no. Ex- I didn't. Did you I didn't actually think she was dead when that happened. Yeah, when I that. Thought, yeah, I thought she would come back. I didn't expect it, and that's why. Again, this is a this is a book where like, all right, it shows there are there are costs like for living this world. Like there are dangers, and people can die. Mm-hmm. Um. And then they, they keep going. And I, I will say, I did like Bianca. And I thought they, she's, you know, she's a, a nice character. She's looking out for her brother. And, I mean, that was a big sacrifice if you think about it. Um, you know, she's going to she, – she sacrificed her life, um, you know, to save the group. And it is kind of sad, though, that she did leave her brother behind. But, you know, it's it, yeah. in life or death scenarios. Also, I happens. mean, when we figure out in this book about Zoe being related to Atlas – that's oh zoe. yeah interesting. that was a pretty cool tie even though you know you don't get a lot of you know zoe's kind of a static character in the beginning but by yeah. this point she becomes you know i was gonna say i yeah she really came around for me because at first like i said i kind of disliked her and the hunters i just yeah. thought they were just kind of mean and yeah. kind of i was just annoyed with them but again she really comes out fleshes out as a character and like you get a lot of good again it's interesting because you have this group dynamic with a lot of drama going on and also they're on this quest this crazy quest but you get all these little moments kind of I, I really like it. I remember there's there's like Percy and, and uh, Bianca had a moment of where they talked to each other and Percy's like, wow, she's actually, you know, unlike all these other crazy, she's pretty nice. And then you had Percy and Thalia having a moment and then even Percy and Zoe, like they had a good moment. So I, I really like that. Yep. Um, I for anything memorable Grover did in this book, I'm trying to remember. No, it's Grover's he's not going to get there. super memorable until the next book. Yeah, he gets more highlight. Yeah. And again, you can you can only highlight so many characters. And then I, I do think, I, I still think it's, it was ambitious of Rick what he did with bringing so many new characters into like and making the main characters in this book i thought i mean i i think he 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 tried something risky and and it turned out great so and then i guess we can move along uh to the to the climax of the book you know we get this huge clash uh what do you think about the climax titans yep literally yeah well Uh, i thought it was a really good fight between um atlas and and Percy, and I thought it was really cool to see Percy kind of hold up the sky, basically. Yeah, Percy and Annabeth. Yeah, to see him take on the Titan's Curse, and you finally understand what it, what it is, you know, because yep. the whole time, I, you know, I was wondering, what is the Titan's Curse? You know, so it was really cool <clears throat> to see him take on the General, and actually, you know, win against the Titan, which we haven't seen until yeah. now. And we haven't even known their power level until this moment, which you see how strong they are. Yeah, yeah. And um, the Titans, obviously, they rival gods, yeah. so they're very strong. Um, I also... Oh yep, we get Zoe dies, and honestly, it was it was sad. Like I I really mm-hmm. like it. Was, I thought again, it's gut wrenching, but it's a well done well done part of the book. Yeah, um, having more sacrifices, and and then we get to I guess uh, we get again to the next next climax is as and this is one of my favorite scenes in the entire series. Honestly, we get uh so everything after they resolve everything now they they still have the issue of uh uh now now we, now Zoe's back uh, and they go to. They go to the gods, uh, the court. I guess is that Talia, the courtroom? Talia's back. Oh yeah, Talia. Um, is it the courtroom? They go room? to Mount Olympus. Yeah, they go to Mount Olympus. I forget what their room is called. Where all the gods. Yeah. Okay, but the difference the is the throne room. The throne room. So this time, last time we were in the throne room in the first book, it was just Poseidon was there. 
this time all the gods we got like almost all the gods like are in there and it's just like this presence like what did you think about that and like kind of scary yeah i mean it was cool to have them have rick show us how it is to have all the gods in one place at once because that kind of builds up for the next book in battle of the labyrinth and the last olympian it kind of builds up to show you how strong they are but then you start seeing that they're not the strongest thing out there by themselves yeah well i definitely i like the scene and obviously another another twist uh thalia in a clever but tragic thing, a move, she decides to join the the hunters of the of the Artemis, um, so that she, she was about to turn sixteen to stop the prophecy, um, and then so that so now that that delays it for another uh, two years for now next Percy who's mm-hmm. going to be the one, yep, um, and then you know that was, I, that was a great scene, and then one more little little snippet in the end. Well, we get we get you know the Percy and Annabeth reunion, so that was nice, and. Uh, we get to the end and suddenly I thought this was so well done because I, when I, I, at least when I first read it, when I was younger, this totally hit me by surprise. You ever went back to the camp? You're like, all right, you know, we're happy, here. Good feeling happy, kind of happy, you know, well, a lot of Seth, you know, a lot of death, but you know, we made it through and we finished the quest. And then suddenly Nico comes up to Percy and he's like, Hey, where's my sister? And yep. I'm like, no, I forgot. Cause Percy promised Nico he was yep. going to uh, protect his sister. And then Percy forgot too. Um, obviously he would have, he tried it, he did it in the scene, he tried his best, but he couldn't save her. And then this is where Nico gets really upset and then angry at Percy. And, uh, now we find out Nico uh, is revealed to be the son of Hades. what do you think about this? I like that because I, I really was waiting for a Hades <clears throat> kid to pop up and he kind of popped up right when I was kind of getting frustrated and I was like, all right, I guess there's no kids uh-huh. that Hades had. And then all of a sudden he pops up and you find out all three of the big three, messed up on yep. that you know the deal they made to basically hold off don't, don't have kids and but in technicality well again this is kind of ironic hades technically didn't break it because he was he had nico before the the treaty was made which i find that interesting since yep. hades is like everyone yeah. would say oh hades you're the bad one but hades yeah. the other two broke it but anyway yeah so that was that was a pretty big twist um and that sets up nico as another yet another antagonist so now we got this you know it's even more uh, complex with all these different enemies Percy is uh, yeah. getting against him. So that's the end of The Titan's Curse. Overall, I thought it was like a fantastic book. Yeah, it was um, a good book. Yeah. It was a good one. So next, The Battle of the Labyrinth. So this is the next book. How would you feel about this one? Um, this one definitely felt longer because I think it had so many big plot points in it. More than the last, you know, the yeah. last three books. Definitely. I think they're obviously getting more and more vast but i i don't know the battle of the labyrinth felt the longest to me i'm not sure what it was but yeah, yeah it was really interesting with it was really interesting with the uh what's it called with the new the new trainer at school oh yeah um, yeah yeah and and how you find out later that he's yeah. actually you know yeah, i, I can't remember his name I'm but yeah if we remember it we'll that, say yeah. it but yeah uh so this book opens up so now percy's in high school i thought that was just kind of cool seeing percy you know yeah. he's growing up um, and then he he uh, he gets we it reintroduces a character, um, oh yeah he meets Rachel again she was introduced in Titans yeah. Curse, um, and then uh, next Percy uh, he goes Daedalus that's the guy's name oh yeah Daedalus well we find out it's Daedalus yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. we'll we'll get to that so uh, this book starts out again uh, uh, we get back to the camp everyone's getting older and they got like one more year until the prophecy so that's not very fun um, and let's see what I'm trying to remember so okay the setup to the story. Uh, they find out. Let's see what they need to do again. Do you remember? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a new trainer. What their quest was. The new trainer comes, and then you find out that there's a labyrinth underground, and that Luke is trying to find his way through it by using the string, the string of oh, Ariadne, yep. yep. I believe. 
And so basically because he's able to find his way through, he would be able to sneak up into the Camp Half-Blood, which is where the Titans' curse let us know they're going to attack first because they want to take Camp Half-Blood, then they want to oh, yeah, take they Mount wanna... Olympus. Oh, yeah, and one so, more yeah. plot point to throw in. I forgot, at the end of the Titans' curse, another plot twist is it ends with Grover being like, Pan's awake. So then yeah, that's the other thing. Finding Pan. So again, yeah. that, that, that is interesting with this book, how there's kind of multiple objectives going on, and I did like that. So, um, well, Grover finally gets, you know, he gets, gets his real. book. Yeah. His, mm-hmm. his, his uh, part of his book. He gets, he gets a big, yeah. a big thing, a task to do. Um, so with this quest, we get Percy, Percy, Annabeth, uh, Grover and Tyson. They go in. How'd, uh, how'd you feel about that? So I like the group cause it's, it's got a lot of mix, you know, it's, it's very mixed. It's, well, I guess the Titans Chris had a mixed group, but this one, you literally have like a Cyclops, you've got a yeah. Seder. You've got a daughter of Athena, then you have a son of Poseidon. It's a really interesting. Oh yeah, it's a with solid all these lineup. Different powers going on. I was gonna strength. say this yeah. is just my opinion. If I'm gonna say, if I have a couple, I because I do have a this book in particular. There's a few things I didn't like, even though they're uh, still a great book on its own and like so many great things. But this is probably the only book that had a few flaws compared to the other ones. I feel like we could have done someone other than Tyson. Me personally, I feel like we didn't. Tyson, I don't like. Okay, Annabeth, Grover, Percy—that's our trio. That they're always going to be involved. But I feel like Tyson, we could have had him be a side character after the Sea of Monsters, and he still would—he still got involved in the fifth book, so it's like totally fine. But I feel like it definitely, to me, it would have been more interesting if we got a new, another character, established character at Cap Half Blood, because we got all these characters who I really wish we got to know them a little more, you know, because they're 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 cool characters. The side ones, you know, um, I, I I feel like for me, my pick would be would have been uh, Beckendorf. The son of Hephaestus. I think he would have been perfect. That's just my opinion. Yeah, Beckendorf was definitely cooler. I just, you know, I think Rick also took some low-lying fruits by saying stuff like, keep your eye on the prize. And, you know, Tyson, hey, keep an eye on that guy. And just stuff like that it just wasn't as funny in the book. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I just think Tyson could have been swapped out with a couple other people to so, make it interesting. Maybe I, yeah. even maybe to even, finish it. I mean, yeah. there's a, there's a couple, and he could introduce I, a new I one guess, because I would have been interested in another house. Well, yeah, exactly. Because remember, we all, we have this de- all these demigods. So many houses. He could have completely introduced you know all these demigods who are because the, the camp has like you know hundred people. So he yeah. could have he could have said, oh, blackjack. Oh, here's Black this other person's gonna better. go with you. So anyway, I think Charles because this book is about a lot. Hephaestus is one of the major gods because this whole maze was made by him mm-hmm. and Athena. But him and his son Daedalus is one of the central characters. I think Beckendorf would have been interesting to have a son of Hephaestus be one of theirs. And you would also see that would have helped a lot with uh, just, just uh, again, he's a major character. That would have added some impact to uh, the next book, yeah. what happens with him. So anyway, but it's still, it's a great book. And again, this book, it's, I like it. It's very interesting. It's very different. That's one thing I like about these books. Yeah. I think every one of them is very different. Like the first, like the Lightning Thief, you get introduced to this new world, has its own unique quest. And they see a monsters. it's like, they're exploring the ocean, Titan's Curse. It's like this uh, super tragic journey. And then now the Battle of Labyrinth, it's like they're exploring, you know, the underground labyrinth yeah. with and all I, these mazes. And I like how Rick really highlights the powers that Percy's starting to come into when he oh, actually yeah. creates the earthquake. That's probably yep. one, of the, one of the coolest moments in the book series to me when he does that. Totally. With, with all those sea demons there. And and that, well, that brings out again, some bad yeah, causes, but it's well, a cool thing. I like it. Again, it's just the transitions of like the, where all the different places they go to. Well, before we move on from that, I do want to, give the we got the first like big percy percy annabeth moment how'd you feel about that they had their little little kiss little smooch uh, uh i mean i i liked it but again like, like i said it was, I th- a, it was abrupt but yeah yeah i i think i i know i'm i'm more interested in the parts where percy fights against big villains and stuff oh definitely in the romance but, yeah yeah i say i mean i like it i mean because the rom- again Cause i just think the, the romance, romance is so subdued in the whole well, series which is fine yeah it's, i mean but. i think i it wasn't overbearing on the plot that's why that was good but yeah and again it was 
and their relation they have a real relationship it's not like they're just they only care about each other because they're falling in love yeah. But anyway, so yeah, we get that. That's like the first confirmation. But what's interesting is now, okay, Percy gets blown up uh, after the earthquake and like sends him to an island, right? And he goes, and this is where he meets Calypso. Yeah, what do you and, think about this part? Calypso is related to the Titans who, again, yeah. she was on their side. So it kind of forces Percy to view the gray parts of war instead of just yeah, the black and white. Yeah, totally. So. And I don't know why. I just found this part so interesting, so good. I can't even, it's hard to put into words, but I really like Calypso and just her character. Um, and I just saw it gave, it gave a weird moment to Percy where like, she's like, you could stay here. And, like, you, you don't have to go back to the war. We could just live here. And Percy liked her a lot. He's like, all right, she's a really nice person. Like, he could have done that. And he really – and he had to, sh- like, struggle. Like, all right, I mean, do I want to go back and face and, you know, face all this trouble? Or do I – or I could just stay here and just forget it all. Yeah. So I would say I think Rick was trying to make it better for the future by giving us Calypso because with Calypso, she makes Percy, you know, think about – oh, what if I have a friend who's not really a good person and I still care about them? Because later you're going to get a lot about Annabeth and Luke and you're going to get that kind of thrown in your face quite a bit. So I feel like Rick was kind of laying yeah. the foundations for that in the last book by putting this whole situation because, you know, he really humanizes some of the people who didn't do great things with Glypso. Yeah. Oh, and I just want to knock out my last little criticism before I get to things I really like this book. Okay, I shot the first half was a little slow-paced. The other thing I didn't like is I didn't, I kind of wish Rachel wasn't There's nothing wrong with Rachel. She's a fine character, but I just don't like the dynamic she adds with the group with Percy and Rachel. Triangle. This is drama done wrong. That was so I just found it annoying. Yeah, having it that. Was, it was almost thrown it's in like as child, an afterthought. It's like and it's just like childish romance uh romance drama and it's we really didn't it didn't need the book and in fact, I think it inhibited uh Percy and Annabeth's relationship. And I'm I'm totally fine with the way Rick did it with having their the whole relationship come to a culmination in the last book. I think that's actually the way Absolutely the way you should have done it. But I still feel like I wish we still just had more of their relationship building here rather than having it stunted by this. Because now it kind of made an awkward feel in the group because now Percy and Annabeth aren't really talking to each other because she's all upset with him. And he doesn't know what's going on because he doesn't he doesn't understand that these two girls like like him. Uh, and he doesn't yeah. understand his feelings completely for Annabeth yet. I was waiting the whole time for Rachel to have superpowers, but it never happened. Yeah, well, now she's just immortal. And I, I, I was going to say, that was interesting, though. And I do want—I want to say—you uh, know—we shouldn't hate Rachel just because she's the uh, the second girl to the main love interest. That's what happens in a lot of uh, fandoms, and that's not fair to do because Rachel yeah, is on her own. Just because she's his mistress, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, just because she's a bad person. Yeah, just—I mean, it means we can hate her. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but she was she was fine and she was interesting. You know, she's a, yeah. a mortal. It was cool to have a mortal character. You know, and she can see the demons. Um, so that was interesting. And the other issue, what I okay now to get to my praises. Um, I guess I'll let you go first. What did you really like about this book? Because there's a lot of good things, I think, to this my, book. My favorite thing was Deadless. Just yeah, totally. finding out about Deadless and how for you know thousands of years, I think it's 2000 to be specific or something, he's been running from the gods and they haven't been able to catch him because he switches bodies. And yeah, he's he such an interesting in character. Labyrinth. I think he, he just kind of showed you what a human can do when they're just so, it, it, you know, so like driven and they're... They're yeah. so focused on on doing something great, you know. And it's an like, older demigod. I like yeah. being introduced to older, yeah, de- adult demigods. Survived. Yeah, because you don't uh, see a lot of old demigods, you yep. know. And I just, yeah, and I, again, I really liked his character in his intro too. I just thought he was cool oh, in the beginning. Speaking of old demigods, you also do meet another one though. In this yeah, book on I'm glad farm. you said it. So it's actually kind of cool because yeah. you meet two and you see how they live when they get past the yeah. camp half blood. Even though maybe these guys didn't go. Obviously, Deadless didn't go. But so it's interesting to see the older demigods and what they're doing with their lives. Yeah. And the other, what I really liked about this book is it was it, ha, it was a complex story. You had a lot of things going on. You had the whole labyrinth storyline. You had Luke and and uh, building up the army as one antagonist. You had secretly Daedalus, who's another antagonist. 
And then you also had Nico, who is his own antagonist, and obviously he's involved in this book. Yeah. Uh, he's out for Percy, man. He wants blood. Yeah. Same with Blackjack, yeah. Yeah, Blackjack, you know, trying to take Percy out. He so wants... Yeah. Reveal himself as Kronos. Could have thrown him off his back when he was flying. Yeah, to, yeah. Turn himself in, fly him right into Kronos's yeah. lair, and say, like, "Master, here he is." Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for okay. that. Okay. Um. So yeah, that was uh, and the culminate. Oh yeah, we got another cool scene. Uh, another one that stood out to me was the Colosseum fight. Just, yeah. Uh, again, Percy. Percy fought uh, Ethan. Nakamura and kicked his butt. Well, but then he then he fought. then he had to fight the big boy. Uh, what was his the what was his name? The big uh, guy um, who's yeah. running the it's show. Long, yeah. yeah, whatever. So basically, this uh, I forget if he was he's either. He's the son of Poseidon. Yeah. Okay. So and he thinks that he's Poseidon's favorite so, son. Oh yeah, yeah. So he was like, yeah. So obviously he's like pretty pretty strong, and he was running the show, and he was upset because he's like, this fight sucks. So he's like, you know what? Let me yeah. jump in the ring, and then. Well, he's actually cool because he's the daughter of Gaia, so he's protected yeah. as long as he's touching her. That's Earth. dude. Half so God, half Percy Titan. had to really get that's, smart that's to, a, pull, that's a threat to, right there. to pull that off. So that was cool to see Percy use something outside of just like you know sword slashing. And, yeah. Um, oh yeah, and then I forgot another part. You know, we get Percy coming back to the camp uh, when everyone thought he died. That's which that was an interesting scene. Yeah, he walks in, he's like, "I'm here." And, see his own, and you do, yeah. you know, it's kind of interesting. I don't know how you'd feel about it. come yeah. back to see your funeral, but he, he did see. Okay, people are sad about it. Yeah, but uh, and then uh, I guess we get to this climax. You know, we get the. I like. Oh yeah, the other thing I really liked is the whole Daedalus backstory. How that's kind of playing out. Yeah, throughout. there's a lot of. And it. Nico, Nico, visions of Nico too. A lot of things going on in this book, mm-hmm. kind of building on the story throughout the book. But yeah, Daedalus definitely an interesting character. Um, and then we get we get the reveal to Pan. How'd you feel about the ultimate the end to Pan? I feel like uh, it was just the, it was too short, but I did like it. I, I enjoyed yeah. meeting Pan, but I guess it's so much build up with Grover. That's literally Grover's storyline. Yes, yeah. he's looking for Pan. So when he disappeared so fast and he actually, like, dies, it kind of made me like, oh, man. Well, yeah. You know, I was kind of hoping at that point maybe Grover would ascend to godhood or something and become the next Pan. But, uh, yeah. You know, that would have been interesting. But, yeah. It would be interesting. Gro- I mean, it Grover still, gets his It was still really cool to see Pan, later. Though, to meet him. Yeah. And, and it, it's just cool seeing big things happen, like, a big change in the world. Because, again, this is – when you think about the world of the gods, it's like, it's like eternal. You have all these gods who – and uh you know different uh magical what beings who live like forever yeah who are immortal and it's interesting to see something actually change like pan dies that's and that's gonna and it affects the world and you see the effect on the world well i mean i, I guess this is actually a quote from the last olympian but you hear dionysus say that the actually the gods do need the praise and the worship from the humans you know yeah but yeah and Which pan is has lost too. it so that's it's you actually yeah. see foreshadowing for what could happen if the gods are not, you know, giving their attention? But yeah. So, and then in the end, we get the we get the reveal of Kronos, who's who's uh, brought back, and now Kronos, he's like merged with Luke. So, what do you think about that? So now Kronos is yeah, back. Yeah, that was really interesting. The dark way to do it because I didn't think that that was gonna be, you know, his body was gonna be Luke's. I didn't think that was gonna happen. So now it's interesting seeing him like actually kind of possessing or whatever you want to say, living within Luke. Yeah, but yeah. So. Uh, then that's the so the battle of the labyrinth finished. Oh yeah, and of course there is the literal battle of the labyrinth. With honest, honestly, I thought it was epic. Like I really like just great. Like this is like again, this is a prelude to the next book's war, which is even bigger. But what do you yep. think about that whole part? You mean the, the, the ending fight battle? Kind of yeah, the ending fight. Yeah, yeah, that was that was really cool, especially because you know we've been waiting. We've heard the Titans want to attack Camp Half Blood. So when it actually happens, and and they don't just push it off. Rick didn't push it off to the last Olympian. Yeah, it kind of gives you a taste. Yeah, I like for, it. Yeah, it gives you a taste for the final final giant battle in the war which is going to be at olympus coming up in Olympia. yeah so yeah so i thought that was cool and then we get our ending and everything it nico is for the most part uh kind of re he's coming into his come own. he he came around but there's still some things going on with him mm-hmm. but he does he does offer percy at the end 
uh, he oh, says, yeah. I have a way for you to, you know, take on Kronos. Yep. So that's the end of the Battle of the Labyrinth. Overall, again, still, it's a great book. Like, yep. I really liked it. I did have a few issues. I probably, a way I describe it, I'd, it's, I like some things a lot about it, but also there's a few things I, yeah. I, uh, that, that uh, turned me off to it. But so next, finally, we get to The Last Olympian. And uh, this is the big one. This is the fifth book. Uh, what do you think about this overall? You know, as a conclusion to the story, uh, the last Olympian was definitely a great ending. I, it's, it's, you know, I'm not going to rank him yet, but it's yeah, we'll get to it's that. It's definitely, but... you know, up there on the super high list of great, you know, great books. But yeah, yeah, I just thought, man, like I'm so glad Rick knew how to make a, a final conclusion book and make an ending. And we'll get we'll get to the details of the ending. We're going to go through the book, mm-hmm. but I'm just really glad because I feel like a lot of writers don't know how to make write a good ending, a good yeah. conclusion. Um, but you can tell, and again, you can tell this. Okay, this is okay, now we're gonna get my opinion uh, about just basically storytelling. If you plan it out, that's you need like that's that makes the best stories, and that that is pretty. It's pretty simple, but it's true. Like when you plan out your story, and you don't just uh, just do it like book by book. Like you actually plan out. Okay, I'm gonna have this five books, or I'm gonna have this trilogy of three trilogy of movies. Like when you plan out the story to go to the end, you can see this last limit. You see so many things were foreshadowed leading up to it and building up to it, and I, I think that's really great. Yeah, The Last Olympian was nice because, like you said, he landed the whole series really well. He didn't just leave it to fizzle out. He kind of wrapped up all the plot points pretty much. I can't think of one that that he didn't wrap up. Yeah. Well, he did leave a little teaser for his next series, but he... Yeah. He's got to make his money, you know? Yeah. Got to set up another series. But that one's good, too. Anyway, okay, now let's get to the book. Uh, This book starts out hot, man. I really like the... uh, It started out like right right away, Percy joins up with Beckendorf, and they're on a mission. And I love this. Yep. You love Beckendorf's death? You know, it was mm-hmm. it was epic. I did like it because it was because it was epic because it was a sacrifice. Yeah, it was a good moment for him. Again, I I'm just throwing my opinion out there. If Beckendorf had been a more major character, like Battle Labyrinth would have been perfect. This this would have even more impact. I still do think. Uh, again, these are these are these are books you can only fit so much in it. For what it's worth, this was a well, great this was a great moment and a great character end, uh, yeah. end to his character. If if you kind if you combine it with the demigod files, then you get a little bit. Oh more, yeah, yeah. Oh, I a forgot little, about that. A little bit more feeling on Beckendorf being worth it. We and can he, briefly brush up on those. Beckendorf, Beckendorf yeah. has been a really good character because he's yeah. from a a house that's not one of the big three, but he almost has a feel of like a big three person. Yeah, well, he's you know because he's he's experienced. He's one of the oldest kids in the camp, mm-hmm. and uh, he's looked up to. You know, mm-hmm. he's a good mentor. He started mentoring Percy because I mean Percy's first mentor was Luke, but that didn't turn out so well. So then now he kind of. He had yeah. another good friend he can look up to, but um, so that well, it's y- interesting too because Beckendorf dies because they've been betrayed, and you find that yep. early oh, on. Well, yeah, and there's betrayal out. throughout the book, but well, you then Kronos does is. reveal, and yeah, Kronos reveals them then that yeah. there's a there's, there's a, a spy, a spy, and yep. that's interesting. So then we'll we'll get to the that. So next we get to the camp, and again now it's like this is like you know this is the end. Things are intense, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. We we're at camp, and they're all they're all like meeting and getting everything together, and it's just. It is kind of cool seeing them have to have like, uh, like these are kids really. These yeah. are teens, and they're they're all having to strategize get strategize together. And it was really cool seeing the war room. You had like you know Percy, Annabeth, Clarice. Uh, I forget there was like one of the the, the Apollos. Basically, yeah, but basically the heads of every cabin. Yeah. What do you think about that? I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was cool seeing everybody represented a little bit more. I mean, it, you know, it gives you more houses because again, that's yeah. one of my biggest gripes is just that 
there's not a whole lot of emphasis on other houses besides well, yeah. Luke obviously gets some, but that's not you he, have to. And again, that's like not I a said, great Hermes, you know, representative. Well, no, he's a great character, but no, he is, but he's yeah. not a great representative of Hermes. Well, house. you have to, yeah. I guess we have to understand that there's only so many characters, and I will say in this one though, they hit, they touch on a lot of characters. They do. This yeah. one they do, and we'll get yeah, to those. They kill a lot, but yeah, there's only so many uh, they can get to. Yeah. Uh, as far as establishing main characters, but okay, next uh, a feud happens. A lot of drama at the camp because, like, the Clarice and the the Ares and the Apollo cabin, they have, like, a feud to where Ares and Clarice decide we're, we're leaving because, I forget, I think they, like, stole their, I don't know, stole their chariot or something like that. So, uh, that happens. So that's not good because Ares is, like, the biggest firepower cabin. They got, mm-hmm. like, all the war, all the people you need, you know, all the strongest uh, yep. warriors. Um, so, uh, next, let's see. Well, Ares actually, they, they stick back because they're also they're kind of defending Camp Half-Blood a little bit from any other attacks. That's why they stay home. Oh, do they stay home to defend they the camp? Kind of, but I mean, they obviously, they, uh, okay. they don't like, they have oh, an yeah. issue too, but yeah. part of it, they're not all bad. They are also defending it a bit. Oh, yeah. Um, so then, let's see, what happens next? Uh, we have, oh yeah, so now we're kind of, this is where we get some of the best uh, developments in Percy and Annabeth's relationship. And again, mm-hmm. it's not all, it's not just romantic developments, but other things. Yeah. Cause like they they have a serious dispute over Luke. Um, mm-hmm. and on, I, I mean, I was a little, throughout the book. I'm going to be, yeah. And this was throughout the series too. I, I was a little, I was always a little annoyed. I'm still, I, you know, I was a little annoyed with the end of it. I'm on Percy's side. Yeah. I'm on Percy's side. It's like, listen, Luke, yeah, he's, he, he's did, he, he had way too many chances to come back and he kept, doing evil stuff and he got a lot of people killed and, and you see and, all that yeah. in this book because you're getting all the flashbacks of luke's life in this yeah book, oh and those are great yeah what do you think about those flashbacks we got because we got multiple throughout well, yeah it was cool because built on his character get to see all the motive he has for yeah and that kind of you know and again it builds up a good case for him and his character and fleshing him out and why he's doing the things he's doing so uh let's see what what are other parts that so now we kind of move transition into uh the war but before we get to the war we had Percy going with Nico to the underworld. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about this part? Um, it was cool to finally see the underworld, you know, like, I guess, shown a little bit more. And also to kind of see how Percy and Nico are building this relationship. I wouldn't call it like a great friendship, but they're building this it's relationship. It's interesting. They're, bu- they're rebuilding the relationship because yeah. obviously things are wrong. But then you do see, you do see Nico uh, betrays Percy. Yep. To turn him into Hades. That wasn't cool. Because he's trying to... Is, is but Nico, with, again, yeah. and he... Well, I guess Nico thought... Well, Nico wanted to get information. He didn't... For some reason, he was not... Okay, I guess he's a kid. He was naive. He thought, oh, but Hades isn't going to harm him. He's just going to... He just wants me to bring him to him, and then he'll tell yeah. me this stuff. We yeah. need to remember, though, Nico is like 13 now. So we need to give him a little bit of... Okay, that's... We need to be understanding, yeah. well, I guess. Well, Luke's doing a lot of what he does based on anger against his father as well. Yeah. So it's interesting to see different kids and how they rea- how their godparents react to them and how they react yeah. to having godparents. Well, anyway, uh, Percy gets captured, but then what happens is Nico uh, frees him, takes him down. Uh, he goes to the uh, – what is it called? What is it? The like, River Sticks. River Sticks, which this part was dip. really cool. Yeah, yeah. he dips and in he there. He actually gets to meet Achilles. It's like, yeah, he meets Achilles. That was cool. And again, I love meeting all these uh, you know, mm-hmm. characters from Greek mythology mm-hmm. and seeing them now. Um, so now he dips He dips in the water. Uh, he has this epic moment where it's like you know, he's yeah. almost going to die. And then he reaches up and I think Annabeth helps him out yeah. in, his, well, his, in his mind. Yeah. And then he, now he's like, now he's immortal. What did you think about this development? Because that was, was like, actually probably yeah. my favorite part of this whole book was actually seeing Percy. Or at, not immortal. Yeah, sorry, not immortal. Invincible. I wanted to correct that. But yeah. Yeah, invincible except for the yeah, lower he, part of his back. Yeah, yeah, he has, then he has the mark that can kill yeah. him. But yeah. But it, it was really cool seeing Percy at full power because up until this moment, I was a little bit sad because I wanted to see like a 
fully powered, strong, you know, main character. So it was cool yeah. to see him. And this at this point, like he's literally once he gets this mark, he can tuscle with gods. Yeah. Like full and, on. And he, he and then be. after this he fought he, he fights Hades. Once he gets, yeah, he yeah. fights Hades and he takes Hades in his group out. That was pretty yeah. awesome. So now you got Percy with all this skill, all his abilities, and now he he is uh, invincible. Yeah. And he needs to it damage. He's gonna be so, fighting just a bunch of titans yeah. during this, and a bunch so, of gods and everything. Now so. Percy returns, all super powered, and then we get a cool part where it's like, man, just a long stretch of the book, like a half of the book, it feels like was just like a war, like an yeah. ongoing war, and it's like back and forth. And I really liked it, um, and it was pretty cool. It starts out with Percy gathering the group. So what's going on is. The gods are fighting Typhoon, which I guess I was trying. To, I can't even remember why Typhoon. I call him Typhoon or Typhoon. Okay, I guess Typhoon was literally such a big threat that all the gods needed. Yeah, to fight Typhoon him. was awakened by Percy. I was when he did the earthquake. Yeah, I was kind of wondering why it was just Ty, like why just yeah. why is why are all the gods struggling to beat just Typhoon? I didn't know Typhoon was this strong of a titan. Before. Yeah, Typhoon's supposed to be the one that almost took the gods down the first time because yeah. he's this giant storm giant, and basically he can just. I wish know, they went more Hercules route and had like all like four of the big titans or something. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, that so that all the gods are busy fighting that. Poseidon himself is busy fight, and, fighting and underwater. Hermes is the only one back at Olympus. Oh yeah, Hermes and, and we, Athena told him to stay there. and yeah. he doesn't want to be. And there. we also well we get introduced to the last Olympian, but we'll get to that. Yeah. So and then next we have this big you know long drawn out war scene. And it's pretty cool though. Percy, kind of establishes himself as the leader. So it's kind of cool. What do you think about that? How his journey like in the beginning he started out at the lowest. Of the low in the first book, you yeah. Know. Now he's like leader of the camp. It's just kind of cool seeing yeah. that development. I mean, again, I am gonna tie it to Harry Potter. You kind of see him as a leader who who knows his limitations and he knows that he's not the most fit, but he also knows somebody's yeah. got to do the job, so he does it and he does yeah. it pretty well for his situation. Yeah. So um, he's only sixteen, you know, and he's doing, yeah, he's sixteen. Doing all stuff. A lot, of, a lot of them. Again, that's why I think it's cool for if you're young, it's fun yeah. to see all these kids having to work together to fight this war, and it's not. You know what? I, again, another thing I do like about this book is they are. It is pretty like mature in these aspects. I think, especially for a kids' book, like it's it definitely mm -hmm. has a good amount of maturity to the to the war. People die. You know, they're uh, the 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 fights are actually somewhat violent. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what do you think about just the whole war that played out, all the battles? And it was interesting seeing them go across New York, and I know how they basically made everybody fall asleep who's not a, yeah not you know part of their world. Prometheus so or not? Is it no? Is it Prometheus? No, no, not Prometheus. No, I forgot his name. I don't remember his one name. Of the, one of the demigods from one of the Greek yeah, mythologies. Yeah, he makes... But yeah, no, he, he makes he's everyone a, fall asleep. He's a, he's a minor god. He's or a minor, minor god. god, okay. Yeah. And he, he basically has, you know, so he can make everybody fall asleep. And it's interesting because then you basically have an open field where they can go ham and do whatever they need to do because they're not worried yeah. about, you know, who's going to see what. And it's cool to see them use Daedalus's architecture to go around the city and wake up all the stuff. Oh, yeah, waking up the automatons yeah, or whatever. and get them all into the battle. Yeah. I guess let's go ahead and get aside. We do get introduced to uh, the Hestia, the last, who is the last limit. What do you think limit. about that? Uh, yeah, it's interesting. She's, you know, because it's kind of a... Basically, she or she is the the god or the goddess of basically like the hearth and the home or something like that. Yeah, you know, and it, it's an interesting way to have her as the last Olympian out because she's the last thing that that is there, you know. So it's kind of like as long as I don't know, as long as she's around, things are okay. So she's throughout the book, she's she's like she gets younger. I think she turns into like a little girl by the end or something. Yeah, because it's just it's just showing that like. You know, it's disappearing. It's it's going bye bye. You know, it, like the bad stuff is getting too strong. But it's it's pretty cool to have her as the last Olympian because she's yeah. I didn't expect I, that I, at I, all. Yeah, I wouldn't think of her. I I thought the last Olympian was gonna be Percy. I thought he was gonna attain oh, God. Oh, that would have been And then be the last yeah. Olympian. Oh yeah. And then he would turn the tide and what's what? Yeah, not, I guess. But yeah. 
And then uh, we also got some things going on throughout. I remember in the book, um, Percy's having all these dreams. Like some of them are about Rachel, uh, learn, and he learned a little bit more about Luke in that way. And then some of them are about, yeah. uh, who is it? Well, they're connected because you learn about Luke, which helps you understand yeah. that Luke is actually, you know, he's had a horrible past, which we knew. But yeah. because of that, he's actually still within Kronos. He's not fully gone. Yeah. So that kind of makes you feel more for Luke at this point because, you know, you've got Annabeth, blah, blah, blah. He's still good, which is annoying. Yeah, it's annoying. But then but when you uh, actually see Luke do something that's good, you you understand, okay, and she's again, right, though. Well, I was going to say she's right and she's wrong. That's what I mean, it's basically just, you know, it's just a, a conflicting situation. Yeah. I mean, I understand, you know, she, Luke saved her because yeah. that's part of the backstory that I think they show in this book yeah. is that Luke saved her, right? And she was this little... Yeah. Little girl is gonna die to a monster. So you can already see and Talia, you can already see she'd look up to him, and then also she she wants she, to yeah. see the light in him, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then okay, so then we have this more of this epic battle. Um, we get a lot of just really Kronos' really awesome army moments. is marching. Yeah, in their Olympus, army's marching in, and while they're doing that, Typhon is over there taking out all the gods, fighting yeah. them. He takes out Dionysus, and or Dionysus, however you want to say it. And then that's a really yeah. interesting scene in the bar where Dionysus, Dionysus oh, yeah. and and. Uh, Perry Jackson and really talks. quick we'll get to it maybe we'll save it to the end when we go over characters but like I really I really like Dionysus I yeah. thought he's an interesting character yeah, him um, and Perry Johnson yeah Perry J I like that that was funny yeah um so we got a lot of epic moments we can just say different highlights I'll start out with when he fought that titan mm-hmm. again I should show him Percy like at this yeah. mode he's literally Hyperion like was he, cool. he, he can fight with he can fight with titans he can fight with gods he like can, yeah, yeah toe he, to toe he, yeah he took him on uh, so that was pretty epic and he used some new moves when yeah he, he used like a some like a storm okay. basically yeah. like a little wind tornado or something I yeah yeah but that was really cool so to that see was epic him. oh also the the hunters of Barnabas and thalia they came they back out a lot and that was cool to see them come yeah. back and mainly i was excited to see yeah, thalia campers, them and then excited you got to see the thalia party back. ponies come in oh yeah the party ponies they help out okay and then i guess some actions during the war before we get to the end that were interesting is you had you had the whole thing where selena selena dies and she like she like dressed up as clarice's yeah thing, so that like, she could get the aries campers to come yeah, yeah and then and then she ends up dying which is pretty sad um, and then you find out she's sad, yeah. but you find out she, okay. How do you feel about that? Find out she's a traitor. Um, well, I mean, it was it was interesting because I didn't think she would be the traitor, but honestly, at this point, I guess the war was in such high gear that I didn't really think about that being such a big yeah. deal at this point because I was by this point I was much more interested in Kronos and the fact that he was already in the city and there was no gods to be found and he's already here and he's he's a giant threat and he's got this huge army. So by that point. Her being, uh, you know, being being a whatever a traitor was was kind of not a big deal to me. Yeah. But it was interesting to see to see that she yeah. was a traitor. Yeah. Because that makes Beckendorf's death even worse. No, I know it's kind of it's just one of those like heart wrenching things you think about that. Wow, she's the traitor, and she in some ways him. she could, might have caused the death. And you and you can tell she did feel anguish over that. Um, you know, she dies a sad, you know, Greek tragedy death, and then Clarice. Uh, takes out yeah. like I think it was like a big the monster that killed her that was pretty epic for Clarice yeah, that's that was cool Clarice's thing. big moment I guess yeah because the books are about Greek mythology and Rick does a really good job of, of bringing that Greek tragedy into the books with the characters even though it's definitely way different than Greek yeah. mythology it's like modern day Greek and every mythology, every book it's like there's always you have a prophecy and it's always like super you know daunting but it's yeah. like but again it makes you really again root for your main people like Percy and Ambeth and Grover and you hope they can make it through this and have a good life um, yeah and despite kinda, their duty kind of builds on the last olympian because you know percy yeah percy's duty here because he's in the prophecy he's the one yeah no, as far I'm, as that they know no but i'm saying it builds on the last olympian the goddess because you know she's hearth and home and you see at the end of the day like your family is what you know carries you through because a lot of this dionysus yeah. is saying hey watch out for my son 
you know. Oh, um, yeah. And it, yeah, it's he like. He wants you to watch out for his son. Poseidon's dad cares about him, but his hands are tied because he's dealing with all these sea, sea yeah. spirits. And then you've got Zeus not really doing a lot for Talia. Yeah, and then you've got Zeus, Hermes. Yeah. Feels really bad, Zeus but he's kind of screwed up his relationship with his son. But he had to because he knew the future. Again, so yeah, it's, it's got com- all this. Stuff. They're complex yeah. characters, not just like oh, they're just evil. They hate their kids. There's a lot, you know. They have a lot. The gods are busy. They got a yeah. lot of things. They can't go to every little kid. But at the same time, that that absolutely causes yeah. these kids to be neglected and to not have yeah. the best and, lives. And that's why I do think so the, the heart of scenario. I think the heart of Rick's books is family because you know with with like the kids they create their own family at, at Camp yeah. Half-Blood you know they have Community. to because because they don't really have such a thing with their actual real parents most of the time yeah although at the end hopefully it changes with with you know what uh, Percy yeah we'll, we'll get to those one of my best one of the best parts um, so anyway request okay okay uh another just another little epic part uh well I guess what well, I well epic in a sad way not epic in a happy way uh well you have Anna Percy and them they get cornered by uh some of Kronos's people it might have been Kronos too um, and then Percy one of them somehow they know that uh, again it was probably the traitor they know about Percy's weak point they don't they go they for don't. oh they didn't oh no this this is when when uh, the what's it called ne- Nemesis's son yeah Ethan right Ethan Nakamura is about to attack him Annabeth yeah, jumps Annabeth in the way jumps in the way she just he, jumps in the way to save him even though she knows she, that he's immortal but it's yeah. just a but reflex. she does and it's a reflex and she does know though he has the weak point oh let's get to that she that, doesn't know he tells her after oh he tells her after oh okay yeah, and then she yeah. goes he okay, said why'd you do that and she said well let's get the order I, I, right you know. and then but I mean at this point Kronos goes wait why did she do that and then he tells yeah. Ethan you need to remember like where were you attacking and Ethan goes I don't know I was just at swinging yeah. and he said no what part of his body were you going to hit and Ethan doesn't know, but he was going to attack that spot. Yeah, and then we get another heartfelt moment here with Percy and Annabeth. Like you know, she got you know, she took a it, took it a staff for him, him, and then yeah. and then Percy tells her about his, only and only her about his secret. Yep. Um. So yeah, which I thought was going to bite him in the butt in the end. I thought uh-huh. she was going to like tell someone. There it then, is, Kronos. Yeah. <laughs> at the last well, because Kronos is Luke. You know? Oh yeah. So I thought that she was going to tell someone, and then it was going to be like, oh, your loyalty is your fatal flaw. But that never came up. So yeah. Um. So then. I guess we're we're reaching near the climax again. A lot of great, a lot of great, just great battles going on. Rick is pretty good. Um, I guess we'll get we'll get to that when we get to Rick's writing on, on how we feel about how he writes uh, his battles. Um, so now we we get to near the end, the climax. What what's really cool here again is just like our main, the main central characters get this highlight where it's Percy, Annabeth, and Grover go to defend the Mount Olympus, and then at the same time, uh, Thalia also makes her way up there. So it's like you got the four. You know, defending, defending. Yeah. They have to go defend the inside because Kronos and them are coming in. And then um, Thalia gets taken yeah, and then Thalia gets taken out by Hera. Statue. Yep, because who because was going after Annabeth. Yeah, um, and then oh, also interesting. Hades uh, comes. And Hades helps. comes and helps. I thought that was awesome. How'd you yeah, feel about no, that? seeing seeing him yeah. in his armor with his, that's just you know, epic, dude. Ghost army that was super. Again, this is Nico gets that. I like this, and we get yeah. again more to this. This is like actually change. This is developing the world of the Greek mythology because it's never been. Hades, you know, Hades never really rekindles in the Greek myths, as far as I know. It never, there's never a storyline where it's like Hades rekindles the relationship with the other gods. Yeah. He's always just, oh, you're the evil one, mm-hmm. you know, you you rule the underworld. But now we do see like, okay, Hades is back to help, you know, for the greater good. And again, I like Hades that it, he is more, you know, there's more to his character than just I'm I'm the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and good moment for Nico, you know. Helping yeah. out, doing something right for once. Come yeah, on, and, well, and at this yeah. point, all the kids actually start liking Nico, so it's cool because then Hades, Hades' house doesn't have to be the crappy house, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Um, 
And then we get to the we get to our climax. So how do you feel about this final the final battle? We got uh, Percy, Percy, Annabeth, Grover, the original trio versus Luke slash Kronos. Oh, and yeah. what's his name? Ethan. I, before Ethan, yeah, Ethan gets killed because he turn he tries to turn on Kronos and then Kronos kills him. Mm-hmm. So that was sad for Ethan, but. Uh, yeah, but I I thought it was a really good fight, especially yeah, because epic. I I thought it was good because Luke, you know, he ends up actually joining in the fight in a way. Yeah, and that actually made me really like Luke when he did that because it was like you know it was a really good heart wrenching moment. Yeah, and it was cool it's to a, see him like his last of, redemption. Yeah, he gets redemption in a really good way, you know, because I wasn't really sure how. And that was an interesting happen. twist on how he like how uh, the yeah. prophecy now that he. What was really most interesting to me, honestly, was the fact that we have so little gods in the last Olympian. You yeah, know, they're really not well, the saviors of of the people. It's really I think. Well, obviously, yeah. Oh, yeah. And obviously, the books they wanted to focus. It, this story yeah. is about demigods, not about the gods. So it's like focusing on their story, and it covered you know expansively. Yeah. It would have been maybe. Well, we got a little bit of a little bit of shots from the the gods fight, but not too much. I think I remember one part where Chrono or Chronos he views him again. Just as, I guess this is for the effect on for the reader, but he's like, let's see how the gods are doing, like when he has them all pinned down, and then he looks at the gods. And then it shows Poseidon come in, and they save the day, and then yeah, uh, yep. and then and then he gets sad and like, okay, shut that off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> change the channel. Change the channel. Change the channel. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and then we get our final, yeah, our final climax. Uh, Annabeth still trying to turn Luke again. I feel I feel a little annoyed about it, but I, I, in the end, it worked, right? So, at the end, that's what needed to happen. Is the only way to beat Kronos, you know, this guy, yeah, the, the father, the, the father of all gods, you yeah. know, he had to he had to have Luke beat himself, beat the vessel carrying Kronos. Yeah. Even Percy, with it, all of his power now, couldn't beat him. Mm-hmm. But in the end, you know that's that's uh, that's how it ends. And then and we never Cronus is defeated. His full, his full form. Yeah, and we'll talk about. So I guess uh, once we uh, let's talk about it now. How do you feel about Kronos as a villain? Because I, I guess I'll start. You know, I thought you know he's definitely a good villain. It's just these villains aren't to me aren't the most interesting. Like when they're just like straightforward. Like oh, I'm evil. But you, I guess you do need him. You do need an ultimate evil in the end. Even though I do think that does take some complexity away from the story because it's like, okay, we can all agree, okay, let's side with Luke against Kronos. That's the bad guy. But again, there is more to it. But how would you feel about Kronos? I mean, again, I think you need to remember the demographics that you know Rick was, was oh, writing yeah. for. I mean, they're very good books, but they are aimed at a younger audience. So it's yeah. going to be – he adds a lot of complexity to a lot of the characters. But if you add complexity to every single character, you're, you're going to create a really yeah. difficult book. And at that point, I think it's going to step into – Well, and I get know. it. Kronos is like this timeless uh, god. He's a timeless, timeless villain. Yeah, it's like he's you can't – big titan. Yeah, he's not – yeah. So there's yeah, not – there's not scary bad guy. There's nothing more to his story. He's literally had his whole – Again, and the Greek, uh, the Greek myths themselves. He has a whole story. His story's done now. At this point, he's like, you know, I want power back. That's all there is to yeah, him. He's lost and that's why, you know, I shouldn't rag on him. Then he's a good, he's a good villain. He's a simple villain, but he's effective because, you know, you do need some villains that are just they have one ambition yeah. and they're ambitious. Well, you need some archetypes so that you can build around them. So it's nice to have him. Yeah, um, and then we get so now he's defeated. Uh, the, you know, the war is over. And then the gods still. Yeah. Now we get to the now we get to the throne room uh, again. This is this is among another one among my favorite scenes. Uh, not just because we're in the throne room. I love the scenes with all the gods. That's great. But also uh, we just get this great moment in the end. Uh, How do you feel about it within the throne room? That scene. So like we had them congratulated yeah. uh, each. You know I mean, yeah, they went through was, the different heroes. Yeah. It was pretty pretty interesting because you actually have the gods looking down on these little demigods and giving them respect for once. Yeah. And they're really saying like, you know, all right, you know, grudgingly, we have to admit that you guys did save like a lot of stuff. Like you did yeah. really good. 
And you know, you know, the gods just want to claim all the credit for themselves, but they can't. They have to. They have to tell these guys like and acknowledge them. So again, that's a big part of the book is having acknowledgement from the gods, so they get it fully in this scene. Were you proud of your uh, favorite character Tyson that he got promoted to uh, peanut butter? What, what, what Head of the general to? army. I feel Head like it was probably army. the worst mistake they made. As they, yeah, I don't know if he should be general. at the tactical room. I think yeah, he should be more on the front lines. Shouldn't be leading front lines or, or engineer kind of role. Yeah, he, you're more of a, a background guy. <laughs> more of a background know. guy. <laughs> yeah. But it, it was pretty cool. But then, you know, Moses the visionary. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was pretty cool to see him <laughs> get a new spot. But I don't know. I just, Tyson's not my favorite guy. But that was interesting. Yeah. And then I really like Annabeth that she gets made the architect of Olympus. I thought that was great. That was great. Uh, good moment for Annabeth, you know, because that's like, you know, she's, uh, as a daughter of Athena, she's one of her, the big, uh, things that Athenian kids like is architecture and now she can yeah, that's mean, her new got, job you got a lot of that from Daedalus so now it's to cool read, to have yeah someone, and then she has a laptop somebody can replace really cool. him because I feel like Daedalus was like the yep. the top Athena person and now now you know Annabeth hopefully can rebuild it and be known yep. for like something other than the other you know Daedalus and then Hufflepuff won the house cup yeah no, exactly. I'm just kidding uh, and then I we get to uh, of course the big Percy's one gift. Percy it's yeah. like alright you're the kind of guy who did uh, most the most stuff here we're give, we're gonna offer you immortality. Yeah. So what do you think about that part? I totally thought he was gonna take godhood, and I thought that's that was mm. gonna be the end, and he was gonna you know ascend to godhood and then join them, and and I thought that was gonna be it. That would so been I was, Well, I was surprised when he did not do that. I think it's totally in character that he didn't take it, and that he mm-hmm. took because he's one thing he's proven in his character is that like you know he puts others before himself again. Yeah. It's loyalty. It's uh, selflessness and selflessness, and he has an awareness like okay, there's more than just me. Yeah, and he could have taken but, Godhead. I mean, as a son of Poseidon, you feel like he'd shell fish. <laughs> I don't, I don't even get the pun selfish. there. Selfish. Oh, selfish. Yeah. Oh, okay, I get yeah, it. But I get anyways, it. all right. So he, you know, he says, "I'm going to turn it down," and he says, "Instead, here's what you're going to do." And you know, and I love this part. It's just like, again, we're having things actually have actually develop in the world. We had these Greek myths, and now we have a modern take on the story, and now we're actually having changes to the whole makeup of the world, and it's awesome. How Percy. So now he tells them, uh, you know. We are going to recognize all all demigods. You're not leaving some of them behind, you know. Mm-hmm. We're we're going to add cabins for the the minor gods and Hades, you know, and uh, give them respect. Um, and then they say like we're gonna cabins for everybody. Yeah, cabins for everybody. Oh yeah, yeah. and then yeah. Because there's a U of cabins right now. And now it's going to be a full like square yeah. or circle, whatever. That's Big great. Square. Again, t- yeah, so. completes it. Yeah. And then again, it's great. Uh, it works really well with uh, also the oh yeah, and he also ends the big three uh, trait treaty, which that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and then it builds on the whole. Well, that brings yeah a really interesting moment at the at the close to the end with Poseidon when Poseidon says to him just really quickly, he's like, well now I guess I can send some of my, some of your other brothers and sisters yeah. to camp. And then he goes, are you serious? And then it's just like a, oh we don't know moment. But yeah. But now that that's now that there's Poseidon, more, you are the father. Oh yeah. yeah. It's like on a talk show. Yep, Maury. Now uh, that they're now that they're bringing in more kids though, and they're actually claiming them quicker yeah it's going to be interesting to see so there's how the world changes yeah it's great because he really he's helping all the you know and again this works so well because it's like the main antagonist is luke well you could say it's Cronus and luke to me definitely the more as far as thematically the main antagonist is luke and again it's great because it's like luke definitely had the did wrong things but there was some right to his side, and Percy acknowledges this, and he says, "You know," yeah. and he he thinks about it. I think I remember this have happened. he goes through. Yeah, Luke tells him like make you know change, but when Luke dies, he says, "You know, don't let these continue." And Percy takes that, and I think that's a good nuance to be able to like not yeah. just see the world as black and white to know like okay, like there is 
there's some validity to this side. And even though there's wrong on the gods, but there, there, there's, there's wrong, wrong they're yeah. wrong in Luke and Kronos, but there's also wrong on the gods. Yeah. And now we need to change yeah. this. Yep. So yeah, I just thought that was, it was great. A good ending. Good ending, great climax. Uh, then we, of course, we get the the big uh, final uh, final culmination with uh, Blackjack. No, not yeah. The the romance between Tyson and Grover that's Welcome been real back, boss. subtle. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So now we get the Percy and Annabeth. So how'd you feel? Now they're you know they get their moment. They're straightforward. Like well, now okay. that now that Rachel's turned into an oracle, it's oh yeah. Like there's nothing that holds them back. You know, yep. there's no love triangle. It's just them. So yeah, and I think Rachel. Yeah, she probably kind of knew yeah, too she that got what something she was going on. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was actually too Rachel being uh, put into uh, the Oracle now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was a uh... the Oracle being put into her. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of sucks. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why she did that. Because she that'd be a to be sucky special. life, dude. Being stuck in an old house or yeah. whatever, or old in an attic. Like just sitting there. Well, she doesn't have to live in the attic anymore. She gets to live somewhere else. Oh, remember, that's good. Hermes wants to build her like a whole home studio with like you know Xbox yeah. and all that, whatever. But anyways. Okay, so that's and then we get our you know our final moment with Percy and Annabeth. They're together. Yep. Everything's going pretty good. Yep. Uh, they have their underwater kiss, and then it's like you know, and then it leaves the last words. It's like they're uh, Percy and Annabeth. They're they're you know racing each other back, and he's like and. As he left camp, and for the first time, I didn't look back. Yeah, and that's cool. He's, yeah. He's finally at peace. Uh, made me feel something there. Yep, it was good. Okay, so now we got our full story. I guess now we're going to just do a little like overview of just the full story and then get to some questions. So I guess, uh, how do you feel, I get how the whole you know the whole story comes together, you know, as far as it's a, what do you call it? It's not a trilogy, it's five books. I mean, it's a whatever a you quintet, call that. Quintet, if you want to say that, or you can. Yeah. How does this saga? I yeah, think. sure. We'll just say saga. Oh, yeah. How does how does, how was the Percy Jackson saga? I mean, it was good. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it in the beginning it starts off real slow to me, but around Titan's Curse it picks up and then goes really fast, slows down a bit in Labyrinth, but by Last Olympian it's just a full on crazy, yeah. m- you know, mess of battles, and it's really cool by the end. So it was a it was a good story. It's good speed. Yeah. Um, how'd you feel about? Let's go through our central characters. So how'd you how'd you like? Uh, we'll start with Percy. Percy, our main character. Yeah. Again, kind of Harry Potter type. He's definitely like you know seemingly a, a you know he's loyal. He's friendly. People like him. Uh-huh. You know, except for the bad. Guys, he's also very but... different though from Harry in a lot of ways too. I'd say. Yeah. Like he, Percy. Yeah. He, yeah. Obviously, there, you you can make some comparisons. Yeah. But I was gonna say he's also like what I like. Uh, I you know I like his attitude. I like that you know yeah. he's he's sarcastic and he's kind of. Uh, He's kind of has a bitter. He has a bitter view of the world, and for good reason, you know. Yeah. But um, I like him because he's so. To me, he's vers- He's like a, like a versatile character. There's so much to him because, like on one side, he's super funny. Like I don't know about you, just, like I love his perspective. Getting his perspective, like throughout the books. Yeah. Just, it's just all all the, he would always just have the you know all these all these like just dead honest like you know thoughts yeah, like he was wow. A solid main character. Yeah, and then um, I liked how. Again, there's more. There's he had his funny side, he had his serious side, and he did. You know, there's also a lot of tragedy to his character. He already he already had a bad life before. You know, living with a you know somewhat abusive stepfather, and then he gets thrown into this world where now he's like in the demigod world where it's just all this danger, and he's even singled out even then because he's the son of Poseidon. He has all this, you know, pressure yeah. on him. So, and I really I really liked his journey, um, just throughout the five books. How'd you feel about his development? Take book one Percy compared to book book five Percy, I guess. Yeah, no, Percy got full development. I think Percy got full development. He he grew into a good, strong character by the end. Like I said, he didn't look back when he he left. You know, the camp at the very end. So it's like he actually really gets full development. I I think Grover 
once he meets Pan, he starts to become a little bit different. But I yeah. think the fact that he was still an afraid, scared satyr in The Last Olympian when he's, like, uh, you know, running into that... Well, it's Kronos. <laughs> it's, I mean, yeah, come on. Sure, it's Kronos, but they've been fighting him the whole time. So yeah. the fact that he's got Pan's powers and he's still, yeah. like, well, we should turn back. Even we'll, get, they... we'll get to Grover. I guess we'll transition to him. So yeah. we'll, we'll say, I guess my final thoughts, I love Percy. He's, like, one of my favorite characters. Yeah. He's seriously among my favorite characters of all time. Um, and, I, yeah, just, you know, he's great from... When when uh, his his development throughout, he just turns into this complete you know boss. Yeah. Uh, he's you know he still he do, still has his his uh, some flaws, but he's a human being. He's a human mm-hmm. character. Next we have Grover. How'd you like Grover? <laughs> What'd you think about Grover? Uh, I thought he was really cool in the beginning, like cause he was funny and stuff. Yeah. But then I I just think I got kind of bored of him because he was yeah. Kind of, and that's what Grover, like I said, not a lot of growth. Same old, same old. Every every you know besides the cross dressing that was interesting. But <laughs> I'm just kidding, but but yeah, he was just kind of. Kind of didn't grow too much. He's kind of the damsel in distress most of the time. Yeah, I mean, again, I know. I mean, Grover Annabeth didn't need saving, but Grover I don't know if it's. Always does. I don't know if it's ironic, but Grover has a like a fan base. Just, I mean, mainly because we after these books we don't see him that much in the next books, so everyone's like, we love Grover. Yeah, they miss. I him. just like. I mean, he's decent. I think he's decent. I don't think he's like. Of course, he's not spectacular. I do think it's good though having again. Not everyone is literally like whatever Hercules. Not everyone's gonna be this this yeah. you know boss who's just destroying all these people. Uh, you gotta have the human characters like Grover. Even though he's a satire, yeah, you gotta have human characters who who just have weaknesses and who are like just yeah, everyday yeah. men, and that's why again, like Ron Weasley and Harry Potter, yep. whatever whatever comparison you want to make to other stories, you need yeah, these characters. Yeah, yeah. How'd you? Um, and then next, how'd you feel about Annabeth? Um, Annabeth, I actually really liked. Like I said, because I think she was like a strong female lead, and she was totally. smart and witty, and I honestly think she was like she was funny too. And I liked her more than I liked uh, Thalia for sure. Oh, just yeah. because I think she was more down to earth. Thalia was always just like got a chip on her shoulder, and I know that's her character, yeah. but I didn't really like that. She just seemed yeah. She just seemed like she was always trying to prove something in person. We'll just, get yeah. Percy we'll just there. wanted to be her friend, so yeah. I yeah I really like Annabeth, and again it's just you know great, great character, uh, and it's good to have a, a great female character and not just you know, not only have a, a female character who's strong, you know that's that's obviously really good, but also who has. Who has dimensions to him, not just like a, a washing board. Ooh, yeah. I'm I'm a boss. I can do anything. There's also she has depth through her character, which is also very important. I think it's good to have female characters like that, and she's great as a lead. Again, she's uh, she's also on her own is one of my favorite characters, for sure. And this book is probably like my second favorite character after Percy. Um, I really liked her. I thought like everything you said. I agree. Mm-hmm. She's funny. She's witty. She's also smart. Um, and she has a complex backstory like per- like the other characters. Like all these characters have that that build on their characters. Um, you know, she has all the things going on with Luke and her past, mm-hmm. and then every character also kind of has their backstory involving their their god, kind of builds on their character. So yeah, Annabeth was great. Um, I guess other central characters. Next, we can go to Luke, um, who's our, you know, the ma- for the bulk of the series, who's the antagonist. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Luke? Uh, yeah, like I said, I liked him in the beginning. Then I thought he was kind of lame for like book huh. two through four. Why do you think that? Just because, again, he just becomes a puppet to me. He's just a really good puppet. I get puppet. that, yeah. And he literally becomes a puppet at the end. But but the fact, I think the redemption in the end made, and also the fact that you learned so much in Last Olympian, that made him a really cool character to me by the yeah. end. But again, it took you know took all that to get him there for me. I think he's a great character. Like, I really do. Like, um, I personally think he's the best, uh, by far the best antagonist of this book series. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, and again, I, he was also consistently present in the, the story too. It's like with Kronos, yeah. we, we didn't get to really see him until the last mm-hmm. book in like a, a quarter. But with Luke, he's throughout every single book. He's he's a, an important – he's a, pretty much the, the antagonist yeah. along with the other antagonist of every book. So that's good having a villain uh, throughout. Yeah. 
Um, I like him. Again, I think he's totally fair. I think he's right about a lot of things, even though his approach is wrong, that the gods, that there's a lot of, that change needs to happen. And hey, you could argue without Luke, none of this would have happened. You know, yeah. None of this change. Uh, sometimes it takes revolutionaries. Uh, we'll see how history looks on Luke, maybe. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's see. Uh, I guess just sticking to central characters, uh, next we can do Thalia. So how'd you feel with Thalia? I know you said a few things. But you can, yeah, I mean, thoughts. she was a really, she was a really strong fighter, which was cool. But again, she kind of was always chip on her shoulder. And the moments that yeah. she was nice, that's when I liked her the best because it was like, oh, you know, you she's actually building relationships. But when she's always like, oh, I got mad. I'm well, that's her personality. I guess she's kind of a headstrong character. So she's you know, I get if you if you don't like those characters. Yeah. Um, I really like Thalia. She's actually she was one of my favorites. And Titan's Curse, she's definitely one of my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm glad we got to see her. You know, a little bit in the. In the last book, that was great. Uh, I really like her. Again, I, I think I, she just gets extra branding points just being a daughter of Zeus. I mean, that's just awesome, just yeah. having a representation of a, yeah. of Zeus. And uh, uh, really, obviously, she gets some cool powers herself. Um, yeah. And she's interesting. And again, I like how she stood her ground in the Titan's Curse um, uh, with with her own beliefs. Mm-hmm. And she added another dynamic unique to then. You had Percy, you had the Hunters, and then you had Thalia, who was her own you know thing. Um so I guess next, I guess we, we can touch upon like Chiron. How do you or Ch- Chiron? How do you like Chiron? He's like he's like the nicer Dumbledore of the series. Yeah, Chiron. Chiron was a you know son of Kronos, which I interesting. Think that, oh, I forgot about that. Was an interesting. That was super twist. interesting. Yeah, it that's why cool. they suspected him yeah. in the the Sea of Monsters. Yeah, and it was yeah. cool seeing him fight Kronos in the in the last book. So yeah, I think he was he was nice because he like takes care of people, but he's also really wise. He's not just like a yeah. kind old man, like he actually knows what's going on, he, and he knows a lot about what's going on. Yeah. So I mean, he's you know he's your he's your wizard. He's your he's dude just who, yeah. You who can't knows go wrong stuff with, and yeah. He's a great character. There's like yeah. nothing bad to say about him. He just yeah. per, per, he fills the role great, and yeah. it's like and if you really think about it, he's the closest thing other than the, I guess Paul Blowfish that Percy has to a father figure. Yeah. Uh, strong because I mean Poseidon. Poseidon, he, he he personally looks up to Poseidon, you know, in some ways, like as a as a father, whenever he gets the little moments. Yeah. But ultimately, Poseidon, Percy knows Poseidon's not, not yeah. there for me, in a lot of ways. Even though he's there for me from afar, he's not going to help me with my personal go- things right here. That's what you know. And Chiron helps him, you know, uh, kind of fathering him throughout the books, you know. Yeah. And that's nice, nice to see him fill that role. I guess okay. Uh, as far as other main characters. Let's Nico next is probably a, a pretty uh, big character. How'd you feel about Nico? I like Nico because I, I think Hades was probably my like favorite um, god of the top three. So when I got Nico in the beginning, he was just kind of a little brat, but then by the point where he's like on his own, he really comes in his powers, and I really like him because he's he's kind of like this this other force outside. Yeah, of totally. and I like that. It adds more yeah. to the story having this other character separate. Um, again, he has a lot going on. Let's see. We're at the one and a half hour mark. I guess we'll start reaching the end here. Mm-hmm. So um, we're gonna get to questions next, and then the the conclusion. Uh, so I guess to finish off with Nico, I I love Nico a lot. I think it's interesting, and that's cool having that Hades representation. Uh, he's interesting, you know. He has he has a, his character is completely built in this book. That's what's great. Like you see the development happen right here. It's not a backstory. You see him here. Yeah. He in the beginning he's this little immature kid, and suddenly his sister dies, and now he has all this all this uh rat, you know wrath and anger towards percy and he wants revenge and he's kind of has his own revenge story so uh that was pretty great so now let's get to the, let's just uh run through some fun questions here the first one uh which god would you want to have as your parent 
Do you want to go first? Do you want me yeah, to? Yeah, I definitely want Hades as my <laughs> Hades. Yeah. And I, you can answer this however you want, yeah. as far as powers wise, or you know, uh, as far as the parent himself. Go I, ahead. I want Hades just because I I feel like you have a, a lot of interesting powers with Hades. First off, you can like kind of communicate with the dead, which helps because obviously there's a lot of wisdom to be gained from people who have already passed on. Also, you can talk to like any. I'm just being serious. You can oh talk, yeah, you can talk to like super any cool. of your favorite. You get authors. a lot of interesting. Uh, yeah, you can yeah. talk to. Dude, imagine that. You'd yeah. love that. Actually, yeah. that's a good pick for talk you. Talk to any of your authors or anybody anybody yeah. who died who's from the past from history. Talk to and your then, old brother Hitler. Yep. Hitler was things. teased to be a a son of Hades, I think. Oh yeah. Or, or, yeah. or hinted something. I yeah. saw there was a hint there, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah, but anyway, so <laughs> having that. Well, as they say, when you talk on the internet past, what is it, an hour, Hitler's probably going to be brought up. But anyways, <laughs> that's so not good, good job. So um, I'd say also the fact that you, not can, support Nazis. You, you, can, you can kind of raise the dead. And that's, I mean, obviously that's cool. You have your own army yeah. at your disposal. Oh, and he had, he had some then, cool powers. Like, and again, he was young. He was still yeah. trying to master him. But yeah, he had some cool, but by I'll, the end I'll of just, it. I'll just stop there. Long story short, I think Hades has some pretty cool stuff you can do. And I will say, I want to say, again, this is your choice. I want to talk too far on that, but I I do like Hades. I think as a character, I just like him a lot. And honestly, you could make a fair, a solid argument that he, of the big three, he's the best father. You can make an argument. Because he actually, he actually was looking out for Nico and he put him, he protected Nico and Bianca and he felt grief and he went the furthest for them. Poseidon's a pretty, I mean, again, these are all overall bad not good parents yeah. but besides probably the next you know he's decent and then zeus not at all zeus yeah. is like all right i'm the god of everything i'm you know i don't care about my kids but uh okay for me personally a lot of interesting gods i'm gonna say the cliche answer i want to be a son of poseidon i oh, just i thought you were gonna say zeus oh come on it's poseidon i just well first of all i like him I, poseidon's a cool dude um i think i like the idea of being independent like i i think it's kind of cool when you're a child of the big three like Maybe, I mean, maybe some people think they get lonely, but I'd like to have my own cabin and then just being kind of my own person. Um, you, I mean, you'd still be friends with everyone from the cab, from the camp. And then you're like, you get, and then Poseidon to me has the coolest powers. I think he's the most versatile. You like, you get ocean powers, you do earthquakes. He has these connections to like beasts, like horses and, mm-hmm. and uh, Pegasus. So, like you get all these helpers and like, you get yeah. all the, eh, it's just really cool. And you'll see the person gets more powers too as yeah. he develops further. Um, so yeah, that'd be that'd be my parent. Yeah. So I guess next uh, we can make this one quick. What were your favorite locations? I don't know, just interesting places. Favorite locations. Um, I mean the labyrinth. Labyrinth. Specifically, was, yeah. specifically Daedalus's workshop. Not really the whole labyrinth because yeah. that's really broad. And by the way, Daedalus's workshop was cool because you know it literally changes the scenery where it's at yeah. and all that. And, uh, sweet. I do want to say we didn't touch up on them just to give credit. Where credit is due, the, the labyrinth was pretty cool. Like the way it was written, like yeah. you know all the different parts of it is very intricate. All the different you know. We didn't talk about that during the Battle of Labyrinth, but yeah, the, yeah, a lot of intricate, like like different uh, things they had to trials anyway. Yeah, Deadless's workshop's yeah. my favorite though. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I would say, I mean, aside, I mean, it's it's kind of hard to not say Camp Half Blood. It's just so yeah, cool. It's cool. You know, um, yeah. just so many fun uh, fun things. Like I feel like being a Demigod, even though it's really scary, that'd be fun to like be just like training and like you know doing all these games and having this community. Yeah. Uh, they have, Capture the flag. Yeah, and there's a lot of interesting thing, interesting little places they went to. Yeah. Um, like I said, at the Lost Casino was interesting. Yep. Uh, the Hoover Dam part. Went, well, that was a really cool location. I just thought that part was mm-hmm. in the story was cool. Uh, anyway, so that favorite locations. Uh, who are your favorite side characters? Just any. You can just name them. You don't. Have, you can just don't have to go too far into that. But yeah. Um, side characters. Uh, I, I guess I really did like Blackjack. He was pretty cool. Yeah, me too. You know, he's he's pretty helpful, and it's interesting because he's literally he's a Pegas. Pegasi, Pegasus. Pegasi. And he's still like, you know, he's still helping. He wants to choose a side and stuff. So it's interesting to have someone who's like non, 
not even a humanoid and he's and he's helping out. Yeah, and it, that's cool. They had their dialogue because yeah. Percy can understand him. Yeah. yeah, that was fun. Uh, yeah, Blackjack was cool. Uh, I definitely I like Beckendorf. Um, as far as side, I mean, if you count gods as side characters, I liked I like how a lot I liked all the gods pretty much. How, how they're I liked how they were all characterized and mm -hmm. uh, presented. I think they're all doing well. Ares, you know, Athena. Uh, what's his name? Oh, Luke's father was interesting. Or interesting character. I want to get what was his Luke's father Hermes. Hermes. He was interesting because he actually had some depth, like as far as yeah, like he got depth he by really the felt. End. He really like he's like all right. I really screwed up here. Like my kid, why you know my kid went off and started this whole revolution, and he actually did feel bad, kind of bad about it. Yeah. Like he's like I caused this, and he realized it. He argued. I mean, which other god realized that? I don't yeah, know. That conversation god by the sea in the in the early morning or something, or, or at nighttime with Percy was really cool, where he gives. Him oh the, yeah. You know all that stuff. Oh, yeah. by the way, I didn't mention it before, but this is totally one of my favorite moments. Percy versus Ares. I just wanted to yeah, say that that was, that was that was epic. Yeah. That was the Percy's first big fight, yeah. like, with a, yeah. and it was pretty tight. Yep. Um, who's your favorite antagonist? I'll just go ahead and say, obviously, Luke um, yeah. is my favorite. But I will, I do also want to say Hades was very interesting. Yeah. I like, because again, it's like, we assume him to just be just, oh, two-dimensional, I'm, I'm evil, I rule the underworld. But the, you actually see there's more to it. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on with these gods. They have like an endless history and there's more to his character. Yeah, my favorite was Prometheus. Um, he's, he's the titan um, that basically he gave man fire and all that. He gave it, and he actually sided with the gods. Was the that the titan's time. curse? Or which no, was that? Prometheus is Last Olympian. He's he's the guy who goes oh, up to Percy and I know. says, yeah, hey, oh. you guys should give in. Dude, that, oh yeah, that was a great scene know? too. That little he, negotiation. I think he's my, my, the reason he's my favorite antagonist is because he, again, we were talking about how Kronos doesn't have a whole lot of depth to him, but Prometheus yeah. has a lot of depth oh, yeah. to him. He's joined both sides. He's won with the gods and now he's hoping to win with the Titans. And the fact that he's a villain who kind of knows how to pick a team, I don't know, that's interesting to me. And the fact that he seems like he has his own you know, desires outside of Kronos, which that makes me think like, oh, what if he, you know, it kind of adds mystery. Like, what if he's still around? Because he's alive. He's not dead. So what if he's out there in the world yeah. doing bad stuff, you know? So that's kind of cool. He's kind of like an antagonist that kind of, he, is he a god? Not over. He's a titan. A titan. Well, I was going to say, it is kind of interesting. Titans and gods, they don't actually die. Yeah. Unless you literally have to like throw them into Tartarus, Stuck which, in Tartarus. which they did to, Percy did that to escape. one of them. Yeah. But yeah, even then they could still escape. But yeah, yeah that's like, that's the only way to get yeah. rid of them. But yeah, so he he's still, he'll still be around. Yeah. Okay, so now we can get to our. Uh, let's see, we're gonna we're gonna be getting to the conclusion here. Uh, we're gonna get to our book ranking and our final thoughts. Okay. So let's get our book ranking. We're gonna go back and forth, fifth, fourth, third, you know, second, first. Okay. You so go first. I'll go first. My number five, and you can give a little explanation. My number five is the Sea of Monsters. Again, it's a good book. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just was probably the least and uh, least interesting and the least and probably had a uh you know probably just the least memorable parts but i do want to say again they're still great like these all these books are great not one of them is is bad um and on its own it has it has so many memorable things to it and i do it, it's a it's uh it, it provides an early part of the story where it's kind of nostalgic because it's the early moments before it gets too heavy where like you have percy and annabeth exploring the sea you have tyson you know his brother they kind of have a nice relationship and you get all these cool little places they go to. And, and again, fleshing out the world, which that is important to build on the world and build on the myths and to represent all the, you know, the myths. Uh, mm -hmm. And there's a lot of little tales in there. So, yeah, yeah. That, that would be number five for me. You can go ahead oh, with your number like five. That. Yeah, oh. we're going to go back and forth. Okay. All right. Uh, my number five is probably Lightning Thief just because, I mean, it's the beginning. And by this point, I'm not fully bought into, like, everything yet. I think it, it just... It, I guess it didn't have as much 
spicy, interesting stuff to me in hindsight as I read the rest of the books. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. Okay, um, number four for me would be the battle, or uh, the battle in the labyrinth. Now, um, like I said earlier, this is a great book. There is so much, so much uh, good here, uh, as far as there's there's a lot of complexity, a lot of interesting things happen. Um, so uh, this was probably the most, arguably the most unique book of the five, as as far as if you compare them to the others. Um, so. So yeah, but like I said, I also had issues. I just thought like um, it was as far as the relationships, it was probably the weakest. Um, it just had some drama that annoyed me. Still, other than that, that's my little nitpick. I did think the first half was a little slow. It's still a very exciting book. So many great moments. Um, it's just very, very adventurous and very epic. Um, you know, this this was again this was the fourth book. So leading up to the last one, this this had a lot of intense moments. And um, a lot of very important moments for the story as far as Percy and Annabeth and Luke and, and bringing Kronos in. So, yeah, that's my number four pick. Yeah, my number four was Sea of Monsters just because of Polyphemus. I thought he was a bad villain. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I Other agree. than that, I thought there I was a lot of that. cool stuff. I just didn't like him. Yeah, Yeah. well, but just yeah, just average yeah. villain, I'd say. Um, so, number three, this is a very hard one to answer because I'm very stuck between two choices. Um, I'm going to make, again, my opinion, I'm going to get to a book that I think is very underrated. But um, my number three is the Titan's Curse. The Titan's Curse is like phenomenal. Um, the Titan's Curse just completely took this what we got in the first two books and just gave us something completely different. And such an unorthodox uh, group that was formed for this quest was really cool to see all these different relationships. Um, you know, I do think our, our character the characterization was very good. We had uh, you know Percy. We had um, and then we had Zoe introduced. She was her own character. We had uh, Nico. And Bianca, and then we also had uh, the other hunters like Zoe, and they had just a lot of interesting characters. Um, and yeah, just really, it, it was like I said, this was drama done right, right? Because it's like you have all these people who they all have little issues with each other, but as they go along their quest and they, they fight together and they have little down moments, downtime, you see they really start to grow fond relationships. And that does make it even sadder um, when you see, you know, uh, the deaths uh, occur. Uh, but you know that, you know, even though those relationships were temporary, you can see they were genuine. And um, and a lot of great, uh, great uh, climax to this book and the twi- great twist in the end. So um, The Titan's Curse is definitely, uh, it, it's the book that I feel like for a lot of people, this one is going to blow you away as far as uh, just how how great it is and how intense the book is. So that's my number three. My number three was The Battle of the Labyrinth just because I, I feel like you could tell it was a setup for The Last Olympian in that you knew it was kind of a penultimate or second to last like book you know it didn't it didn't feel like it had as much heft or depth to it as like the titan's curse or the last olympian to me it just felt like a big old rat race to find a you know find a way to get to half half blood or whatever find out how to stop luke from getting his army through it's kind of like it's a good it's a good plot and then you know you threw in obviously interesting stuff with Daedalus and all that, but I just feel like it was kind of a, a little a little bit of a rat race to hold you off before the really delicious ending of Last Olympian. So yeah, definitely number three. Yeah. Okay. So for my number two pick, this is where I get to my unpopular opinion. I've seen the Percy Jackson community. Um, I'm not like too involved, but I do see different people's rankings. And the one book that I always feel like is so underrated is The Lightning Thief. Like people need to understand how uh, incredible of a book this is. This book does so much. Um, and honestly, it's not even the longest one in the series. It just, I feel like it does so much for the story. It, it completely introduces us to this world of Greek mythology, this in, completely innovative thing that, you know, Rick, Rick did. He did it, uh, just such an interesting concept that allows for 
great comedy uh, with, you know, all these weird and quirky, you know, uh, myths come to life, but also some, you know, great uh, intense moments building on these characters and uh, just a really creative world. We got introduced to these uh, characters who I love, you know, Percy, Annabeth, uh, Grover, you know, they're great characters for this quest and, and uh, introduced to Camp Half-Blood. And then we have this, this quest, which is just, just like so much fun. And just when you first read this book, it's just, it was, to me, it was amazing. Um, and it just, and this book can stand on its own. It's like, even if someone only wanted to read this book and like, didn't want to read anything else. If you read this book, you get a nice complete story on its, uh, story on its own where it goes, um, you know, uh, you get introduced Percy to this world and he does this quest and redeems himself, uh, as a, you know, and, uh, with the story of the lightning thief. And you also do have very interesting, uh, a very interesting story with, uh, with the very big plot twist, you know, really. And it's very, it's foreshadowed very well that it, that Luke was the actual traitor. You see the little hints with, uh, you know, the, the flying, the flying shoes Luke's gives him. And you also see, uh, the world, the, how the world was built to create something like Luke. Cause the story sets up very early on that this world is, is unjust. Um, you know, even though there are bad, bad guys, there are monsters, the gods themselves also have their problems. And that kind of sets up the main themes of this story. And uh, yeah, it's just, when I look at this book, I, I think it couldn't be any better for an introduction book. Um, this is definitely one of my favorite books of all time, The Lightning mm -hmm. Thief, number two. My number two is The Last Olympian, and I'm going to put that right below The Titan's Curse. Obviously, that's the only book I haven't said yet. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think The Last Olympian is number two because it feels like a Michael Bay movie. It just feels like a lot of explosions and a lot of like excitement. And I mean, like Michael Bay, Michael Bay movies are still fun. You know, Transformers, they're still cool movies. But at the same time, I think it was good, but I feel like it was a lot of flash, a lot of really cool battles and stuff. But really, at the end, what was accomplished is you get more houses at Camp Half-Blood. And that, to me, just didn't feel like a very satisfying ending. I was just hoping for a little bit more. I was hoping for, like I said, Percy to ascend to godhood and take his place on the thrones and, and be the next god. You know, Because they offered that to him. And then he would start really changing things. And now he's immortal. He can live forever and keep you know helping people. But instead, he's just like, oh, yeah, treat people nice and have more kids and be nice to the kids. And I just I, I guess that left a sour taste in, in my mouth at the end just to have it wrap up like that. After all this intensity, it was such an intense war, you know, it felt really good. And then to end like that, it just felt anticlimactic. So I didn't really get that, you know, denouement that I wanted that, you know, ending action stuff it just it just didn't feel so good so i think the last limping gets a two even though it was definitely miles ahead of any of the other books that i've mentioned so far it was amazing so my number one pick uh does go to the last olympian i think this book took all the ex my expectations for a finale book and completely uh blew them out of the water like this book is just uh it's a culmination of the whole story uh it's 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 uh the culmination of the tone now we're in a completely serious and detrimental environment um where the the world is at stake and we see these characters who have been introduced throughout the series now they're at the forefront these demigods um who are you know who aren't who aren't put in the spotlight as far as the gods are concerned the gods are fighting the main war but these demigods uh team up together and they fight this long battle and this book is just so there's just so much to this book um you know the setup to the story uh person going to the underworld you know um all these you know different characters all their story arcs being put at their final. Um, so many characters got a great ending. I like Nico got a great ending. Clarice got a great ending. Um, we got some very sad and tragic moments. You know, we had we had so many deaths in this book, and it really showed you that, uh, you know, the stakes are high and and that this is war. You know, this and again, this is why I think this shines as a children's book. 
um, is it can be something for young people to read to see like, okay, this, you know, this is something serious. This is something I can take seriously, you know, because, and when you, you fight a war, people die and it's important to show that. And I, I, I also think that, uh, it was just really, really well written how, Percy had these dreams throughout that also built on the story. You know, we got to see backstories of Luke. We got to see Rachel um, and we got to see all these. Uh, it really intertwined the, the story well. Um, and then it built up to to its climax, which again, it was just everything you could ask for. Just uh, amazing battles and amazing conclusion. We had our final, you know, our final group. Uh, Percy, Annabeth, and Grover have been through it all to take on the last fight against Luke, who has been our main antagonist combined with Kronos, you know, who's the big bad guy behind it all. And, um, and then when we get to our ending, I was... I was just like, I was just on cloud nine. Like it was just when I, when I'm reading this, you know, it was just incredible. Like it, the whole story comes to a conclusion, such a neat, um, such a neat way, you know, cause now you have, uh, the, you know, they, they won, they defeated Kronos. Um, but then they actually answered the questions that were brought up, not only on their side, but also by the people they were fighting against to show that this war wasn't for nothing. And that change to show that change can happen. And, um, and Percy's, uh, the climax to his character, how he, uh, you know, of course we knew, you know, this is, this is someone who we knew and his character, I think it made total sense that this is his character. He cares about others and it's more than just himself. And he proved that, you know, and he, he made change happen. He bettered the world of the Debbie gods. We can now say, we can look at the world that was shown in the, the lightning thief and say now in the last Olympian and five books later, this world has changed and these main characters have also changed um, and developed and, and they're going towards, I think they're going in a better direction. So yeah. And this, and then it also ended, I think it had really good moments with Percy and Annabeth and they're, they're uh, just showed their whole chemistry come together. Uh, now their romance um, to happen. And it really shows how deep their connection is and how much they've been through and um, how, and now they're, you know, they're serious for each other. And then they also, uh, you know, had a very strong connection uh, throughout all five of these books uh, into this climax and yeah just a great a great book series overall and the last olympian uh at, to, to have a final book that meets your expectations like this that just the number one book to me yep <clears throat> so the reason i put titan's curse as number one is because i feel like this is where rick is like in his writing amazing you know like mode because he introduces to you you've got all three gods represented you've got and now we know this in hindsight you've got mm. zeus hades and poseidon all three represent the same time, as well as the um, what's it called, the archers. Basically, um, what, what's her name? Artemis. Hunters of Artemis. Yeah. Hunters of Artemis. And I know that the, they're not a big three, but to me, they represent another side of the camps and of, of demigods. You've got these guys, and they're all teamed up against Atlas, who's the general, who's a great titan, a great villain. I think sometimes better than Kronos in a way. So I think just leave a little pause. And the way that Titans Curse is able to give you all these new characters and really builds on the hundreds of Artemis and also it starts giving you death for the first time really in the book series and mm -hmm. you know when you actually lose Nico's sister it's 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 a big deal and the way Rick puts it all together that kind of makes me really enjoy Titan's Curse out of all five books the most and I, I just feel like he did a really good job with the I guess the writing here and the way the plot really picks up because when you get the general you're wondering who is this guy what is he and you find out he's Atlas the Titan and then once you find out that he's actually bigger and more powerful than the Manticore that was really scary in the beginning, you think, oh, this guy's scary. He's running, you know, he, you know, he's like trying to get half bloods and catch him, blah blah. I don't know. It just 
it all wraps up really well in the end. And then the fact that at the very end, you get Percy doing something godlike when he actually holds the, actually Titan-like, I should say, yeah. when he holds the sky up, basically. And that's something Artemis was doing. That's something he did to save also Annabeth. He yeah. Did, he does all this. And I, I think that just really makes me enjoy the book the most. Yeah, well, definitely Titan's Curse was phenomenal. Um, yeah, all the, all these books are great. So I guess now we can give just our com, you know concluding thoughts. Um, overall, like what it, what makes this series special? What you like? Like what's unique about it? Yeah. My well, the, my favorite part about this series is the fact that you get powers because I really like powers. Yeah. You get a lot of powers in interesting ways. You get a lot of monsters. You get a lot of different you know demons and and whatever. All these different creatures and it it really makes a giant fantastical world. And yeah. it's it's done in a really well written way to where you actually feel a part of it and you know you're you're a part of something that is in our world so it's like within our societies secretly now the only thing i think that could it's not really a complaint no, it's go, just go for it. the fact that it's so focused on young kids that are like yeah. between the ages of 12 to 16 that was a little difficult for me obviously as someone outside of college you know yep. but well, outside of that it really wasn't a big deal cuz yeah. i'm reading it knowing who it's written for and i think it's good that kids have a like a they mature no, a relatively like mature that. series that they can see characters they relate to and I think that's good. Um, I definitely know when I grew, when I was growing up, you know, in elementary school and carried over to middle school, I kept reading them when Rick released uh, more yep. in the Heroes of Olympus. But yeah, I did great books. Um, so I guess I guess I'll give my concluding thoughts because this, like I said in the beginning, this is my favorite book series of all time. Obviously, you've heard us talk about it. So I think what makes this series so great is how how much it offers and how many different things it offers because you get great adventure, you get great characters. Um, you also get a very serious plot, and then you also honestly get such a funny, a funny, like, enjoyable world with like, um, you know, all these interesting and goofy characters you meet along the way. You know, all these myths. It's just so hilarious the spin Rick puts on these uh, mythologies. I just think he is mm-hmm. very cl- clever with that, and I also think Percy is a very funny main character. Just hearing his inner yeah. monologues. Um, you know, he's just, I kind of related to Percy a lot. I think that's another thing that helped. What a normal person would think about all this. Yeah. Person. Just, you know, just thinking like, this is crazy. And then also, and like, you know, he's, he's in putting tough situations. Like, you know, this is really, uh, I'm not a fan of this. Like, you know, he kind of goes through a lot. Percy goes mm-hmm. through a lot throughout yeah. these books. Um, but I think that is, you know, that's cool to see that character like that persevere and he gets thrown through a lot of stuff. Yeah. So that's what I like about this book series. Um, I like, you know, all the, all the characters, I mean, I like, because also, before I even read these books, as a kid, I was always interested in these Greek mythologies. I just thought they were interesting how, like, you know, it just, it's just very, it's just, uh, fant- fanatical, or, uh, like, fan- uh, fantasy ways to explain the world. Um, you know, you had, like, whether, you know, from the basic parts of, like, Zeus, who, you know, causes thunder, like, that's where thunder comes from, Poseidon, who controls the ocean, but now we actually see the characters, and we see, like, the nuances to them, mm-hmm. and... Um, and we see different sides to him. We see human sides to him. That, and sometimes it's played off as funny, but also other times he does play it off as, you know, serious. Mm-hmm. And I like that. So, yeah, Percy Jackson, great series. Um, I hope you all enjoyed this. Yeah. Shout, uh, shout out to anyone on the uh, uh, Camp Half-Blood subreddit if you listened to all this. Glad you joined us. Um, yep, so this was the first episode of the uh, East Blue podcast. Uh, if you want to hear more subjects, uh, we'll, I'll be going through some other ones, hobbies of mine. This episode is Percy Jackson. I mean, next one, we might talk about movies or anime or whatever we get to. So thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Josh, for joining us. And uh, I'll catch you next time. This is the vision.